proficient crew of professional thieves looking for a big score. An overly dedicated lawman is looking for them. Two sides of the same coin. Which side of the law will prevail? All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing an L.A. takedown and heat on this episode of Retro versus Remake. <laughs> I'm Reggie Parker. I'm Dan Farley. And this is another episode of Retro vs. Remake. Retro! Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm feeling real good about oh, this. Oh my I'm sweet lord. I'm feeling real good about this. I feel like I got killed. Welcome back. Doggy! Doggy! She had a great ass! Yes. <laughs> I'm no sports slick. <laughs> what do I gotta say? So. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> on this episode, fucking boo, <laughs> boo, boo, boo. On this episode, we are watching L.A. Takedown. Oh, L.A. Takedown, the 1986 classic by first-time director, I believe it was Michael, Michael Mann. Mann. At least on this level, like he had done some TV because he did Miami Vice. He did do Miami. Vice. He did Crime Story. And by the way, if you by the way, are interested in watching Miami Vice, the first episode of Miami Vice, phenomenal. So good. We did attempt to do a podcast of that one time. Yeah, I think we were so fucked up. Yes. That uh, it didn't mean... wasn't too good, but we did watch it. It was like this is really good. By the way, we could do Miami Vice. We could do that because in this uh, episode, the original movie was technically made for TV. Yes. And then they kept like shifting it and moving it, and eventually they were like, "All right, we'll make it a film." Yes. Well, like Miami Vice, the first episode is about an hour long. Like, that's basically a movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a solid hour. And this movie's only an hour 33. Yes. L.A. Takedown. L.A. Takedown. Now, uh, <laughs> what's it called? Heat is two hours and 50 minutes. Yes. That's it's a long movie. That's a little bit different. Um, yeah, somewhere, maybe meet in the middle. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That is a little different, but... The two hour and fifty minutes of heat, which we'll get into the run times. Oh yes. Um, we'll just get into it. So okay, I, I'm I'm gonna start by breaking down these two films. L.A. Takedown, the nineteen eighty nine film, starring Scott Plank, Alex MacArthur, Michael Rooker, mm -hmm. Daniel Baldwin, mm -hmm. and Xander Berkeley, Ellie Puget, Vincent Gustafaro, Victor. Ru Rivers, Richard Chavez, Laura Harrington, and Peter Dobson. Directed by Michael Mann. Directed. Screenplay by Michael Mann with music by Tim Truman. Oh, and what a job Tim Truman did. Oh my God. Boy, did he. Boy, howdy. Look out, John Williams. You got competition. <laughs> right about that. <laughs> Heat 1995 starring Al Pacino, Rob De Niro, Robert Val Kilmer, John Voight. Tom Sizemore, Diane Venora, 
Amy Brenneman, Ashley Judd, Mikkel Williamson, Wes Studi, Ted Levine, Dennis Haysburg, William Fitchner, Natalie Portman, Tom Noonan, Kevin Gage, Hank Azaria, and Susan Trailer. Yes, and Henry Rollins. And Henry Rollins, that's yes. good. I'm glad that you included that. That was super, super yes. necessary. I mean, like, that cast is insane. Insane. That's an insane, insane. cast. And that, that's Val Kilmer at his hottest. Yeah. Like, not uh, looks-wise, which he is, but he uh, also, like, he couldn't... That he's like coming off uh, Tombstone and Top Gun and like all these other movies. That's like, oh, and now he's in this, and he took the third, like the third role. Like he's not the star of it. No, and like it's very obvious when you watch the film, he's not the star of it. No, he's not the star of it. But what he does in his uh, his role mm -hmm. is super important mm -hmm. to the entire film. Like. We're going to get into this a bit, but... Yes, we will. The first film is about two guys. Two guys, yes. It's, it, like, everything else... It's pretty much inconsequential. It's about two guys. This remake adds same characters, but gives some backstory. Val Kilmer is one of them. Yes. And I think that, like, by adding that Val Kilmer backstory, it elevates the entire story. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got skin in the game. It has stakes, yeah. The movie has stakes. The first... Film is two guys kind of like dick measuring. Yeah. The remake is. And keep in mind, not really two guys. It's really one guy. It's Vincent Hattigan. It, yeah. It's Vincent. It's really him. Yeah. And then the other guy's there, but it's not like. It's like oh he. It's a Bond villain. It's not like. That's right. It's not like he's like oh he might win. You know he's gonna win. Yeah. You know Vincent Hattigan's gonna come out with it. Yeah. And. It, go ahead, go on to your well, next point, but... We'll get into it. So, so, both films are based on a script written by Michael Mann. Yes. He's the director of both films. Both films. I think I did that. Um, yes. Yeah, I did. Sorry. It's okay. Michael Mann, who's the director of both films, in, in 1979, he wrote the script for Heat, or L.A. Takedown, or L.A., whatever, whatever. The they called it. So he knew this Chicago police officer named Chuck Adamson, who was chasing a guy named Neil McCulley, and basically, like, Chuck randomly saw Neil, like, a coffee shop. Yeah. And they, like, interacted, and Chuck ended up killing Neil in, yes. like, some shootout. And that's the basis of this film. It is a lot more like L.A. Takedown. Like LA so, like, they just randomly met. Right. Like, they were, he was, so like, hey, hey. And, like, yeah. can I buy you a cup of coffee? Like, he he goes out of his way to buy a oh, coffee. Oh, yes. He goes out of, he pulls him over with a helicopter. Well, he gets the helicopter into a car, follows him in the helicopter, gets in the car, pulls him over. Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? But I love Which that is a shocking waste of resources. So, well... Heat is about a shocking waste of resources. Mm -hmm. If you really break it down, yes, the whole thing is for everybody insane involved. Insane amount of resources being used for no real goddamn good reason. What I love about that is Michael Mann taking a story because that's kind of his mo, right? Like when he talks about the films that he's directed, he's done. Um, he did Mindhunter, which yes. was an episode that we did. We did Mindhunter and Manhunter. Uh, excuse me. Yes. Yes. 
He did Manhunter and and um, Hannibal Rising. Did you do Hannibal? No. So Michael Mann, the director who did Manhunter, yes, which is like the precursor for Red Dragon, and he talks about how when he selects movies that he's trying to find things that are interesting to him. And I think that watching Manhunter, which gave me a real appreciation of one, that script. For the record, Brian Cox knocks it out of the park in that he, movie. He's, the only problem in Sounds of the Lambs is that Anthony Hopkins kills it more. Yeah. It's like, he's so good as Hannibal Lecter, but that's a digression. It's not, though, because Anthony Hopkins is so good. Yeah, he's just so much better. But it's like, he does so good, though. Give him a hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that, like, what we're seeing here, because Manhunter is a very competent film. Yeah. It has really good music, the way it's, it's set. Like, Michael Mann knows how to do crime. And, like, this duality of, like, a villain who's kind of like a hero. Yeah. Because when you look at Red Dragon, you look at Manhunter, <laughs> the main character is fucked up. Yeah. Kind of like Al Pacino is in this film. Yeah. And the villain is just as fucked up, but he happens to be on the wrong side of the law. Yeah. When you talk about Miami Vice, Crime Story, um, in this case, L.A. Takedown or Heat, Michael Mann really knows how to portray someone who is actually not necessarily the best person. Yeah. But happens to be on the right side of the law. Yeah. And... This movie nails that in a lot of ways as well. Like, well, it's it's very it's kind of interesting when you see the like it's almost like you take uh, it's someone who they're both so they're both like chaotic characters yes. in in of themselves like but it's like that. Um, uh, Mick, uh, what's his name? Mick, uh, uh, Robert De Niro's character. Mick um, Neal, uh, Mick... No, oh, McCulley. No, McCulley. Guy told me one time, don't let yourself get attached to anything. You are not willing to walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around a corner. McCulley, I keep wanting to say McNulty. It's not McNulty. <laughs> McCulley, and he's, yeah, he's a bad guy. He is. But, and he's... But he's not really that chaotic as a character himself. No, no the I, only thing that's chaotic about him is that he's a criminal. Whereas, but he also knows that he's a criminal. So he, his discipline is that he doesn't have, well, he doesn't have any vices really. He he doesn't he doesn't have a family. He has he doesn't gamble. He doesn't sure, drink. Sure. He doesn't drink throughout the entire movie. No, he, doesn't he doesn't smoke. He doesn't even have like a TV in his in his uh, in his in his house. Well, and that's his discipline. That's what makes him like really compelling. It's like, yes, I'm doing all this, but I know how bad this is, and that I could leave at any time. Whereas, almost um, Vincent Hannon's, uh, his he has no discipline. He's discipline. He's dedicated, but he's sure. not disciplined he's at not all. Disciplined. He's his life. He's got a wife. He's got the stepdaughter. He's got um, you know friends who are cops and stuff like that. That are all going to shit because mm -hmm. he's just like driven. Bec but he's not, he has well, all these other things, and there's also the underlying sure. thing that was cut out of the movie that he, if you guys don't recognize Al Pacino's erratic acting in the movie, it's because he was supposed to be a cokehead. Sure. He was, the movie was written as him being 
just doing cocaine throughout the entire movie. That makes sense. So it makes so it makes much more sense so when you see like sense. he's like, ha, 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 like ready to go. And I think that when you look at the McCully character that De Niro plays, that is also played uh, by what's his name? Uh, no name, because he's in nothing else. And if you see him acting, no shock why. Yeah. Alice MacArthur, who plays. Oh, P.U. Patrick McLaren instead McLaren. of McCully. Oh. must have worked some pretty bad off crews. I worked all kinds. You see me doing thrill-seeker liquor store hold-ups with a born-to-lose tattoo on my chest? No. Right. And I... I am never going back. Oh, you. I, I think you're making a good point that the oh. Macaulay is... He's got everything together. Yeah. It's tight. It's tight. Everything's and, tight. And he's very serious about his job. Like, the only fault that you could give him is that he... Actually had a relationship with a woman. Yeah, that's really that's really his biggest fault. Is but that it it wasn't though. That wasn't. Yeah. The biggest fault. Well, I'll get. We'll get to that. We'll get. To we'll that. get to that because you and I were discussing this a little earlier, and I held back in the conversation because I we'll, wanted to wait for the we'll for this. We'll come back to that. Yes. But yeah, no, you're you're making a good point that Al Pacino is actually the more chaotic character. Absolutely. Um, whether whether it's in the original film or the remake, that character is more chaotic. Yes. Than our actual criminal. Yeah. Who has basically an itinerary. He knows what he's doing. He's keeping his crew together. And honestly, when things go awry, he's so upset because the crew that he's used to working with are professionals, and they cause him no problem. Yeah. The biggest problem in this film is that he happens to have employed someone. Outside of his ranks, Wayne Grow. Wayne Grow. Who we'll we'll talk about. Ooh, Wayne Grow. Talk yeah. about over the top villains. Yeah. How do we make him worse? I got it. Let's make him a serial killer. Oh, I got it. He kills hookers. Oh, yeah. I got it. Then we see the dichotomy that oh, it's a girl who's dead, and then her family's there, and it's their daughter. Oh, I got it. That connects to Vincent, because Vincent's got a stepdaughter who's uncared for, and she might end up like that. Yeah. Oh, I got it. It's like, how much more can we add to right, this guy? Right, right. Anyway. And who just happens to get it? The guy working the case of the other job that he's working. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, if we're going to get into all this, let's, uh... <laughs> but we got to defer anything further. Can we just establish, just, I want to establish for the, the audience, what kind of cop is um, Al Pacino in this movie. Before we get there, let's, okay. let's, let's start even earlier. Dan, what's your first experience with Father? Uh, the first experience with this movie is, for me, was it was very built up. I think it came out in 1995? That's right. 19, and was Heat. It was Heat. I did not know L.A. Takedown existed. Um, I knew when the movie came out... There was so much buzz about this movie. Because, mm -hmm. number one, Casino came out right before this. That's a great point. It came out right at, That's like, the same point. time. So, everyone's like, oh, Scorsese and, uh, Scorsese and De Niro are in this movie. And it's their first movie they made since Goodfellas together. And you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be crazy. Sure. And then, Heat comes out, and you're like, wait a minute. Al Pacino and and in the previews for it, you saw the scene with Al Pacino in the diner, them talking to each other. Yeah. So they're in the same scene. You're like, holy shit, what's going on here? And then uh, you see like the shootout and the cop and everything like that. 
So, I, like, I know Al Pacino and Robert De Niro were in Godfather 2 together, but they don't share any scenes. So, and then this happens. And forever, the big debate is who was the better Who's actor. Who's the better actor? That Al Pacino was... or Robert De Niro? I, you know, I, I've long been, like, the De Niro guy. But at the same time, there's a lot I love about Al Pacino. Listen, well, I will say, after this movie, there's a few roles that Robert De Niro is amazing in. Mm -hmm. And he's great. But there are some Stinkaroos. There's and the stinkaroos far outweigh the uh, meet the fuckers and shit like that. And they're like men of honor. They're like, oh god, you're just doing this for the paycheck. Mm -hmm. And where Pacino does some like really interesting stuff. Like he goes to like Donnie Brasco after this, which he just plays like a fucking loser. Yeah. And like there's no slickness to him, but he thinks he's slick and he's not at all. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, uh, What About Jack? You don't know Jack? Okay. About no, Jack Kevorkian? No, no. Yeah. He is he's phenomenal really in that he's movie. Really he's so like, talk, this is all in the period of, hey, I'm Al Pacino, like yelling and everything. But in like that, he's so quiet. Like and the so Devil's like, Advocate. The Devil's like, Advocate. Um, I, I but then De Niro has like sleepers. And then like analyze that. And then or analyze this. No. Yeah. Well, Cape Fear's before this. Uh, no, I get that. But I, I think that... But um, she, I think Al, uh, Robert De Niro has the better run before this movie, sure. with the exception of... And then again, because he's great in Godfather too. but he has the better run before this movie, and then after Al Pacino, I think, has the better run. Yeah, that's actually really fair, because I do think that De Niro's filmography, as it were, falls off after this period, and Al Pacino... Has been pretty consistent and takes interesting work. Like, I think there's this element where De Niro has to be so cool. Yeah, that's actually kind of holding him back. Yeah, you know, I could see, I guess, a little bit, except in the fact. Well, don't get me wrong. Al Pacino is exactly that in this movie. It's like, oh, oh, like walking around, like, well, oh, hello, baby, like slicking his hair back and shit. You're like, okay, he's 62 years old. I don't want to spoil anything, but um, De Niro is stronger in this film. Well, look, uh, yes, he is. Because, again, much more erratic behavior sure. by that it seems so, like, out of nowhere because he's not on cocaine in the movie yeah. where he's supposed to be. That, you know, if you're giving me the context like you like actually that. are, yes. that he's supposed to be on coke, then actually, yeah. Yeah, he's, it, but I will say this about this movie, and I was thinking about it while I was watching L.A. Takedown, mm -hmm. even though, because you can't help but compare the two. Sure, um, the same movie. On, <laughs> and I, um, I, there was, but I, when I was watching, when you watch Heat, I noticed this because that was always the debate, who was better, Pacino or De Niro. I'm going to go De Niro, and I'll tell you why. Because right. in this movie specifically, Robert De Niro could play either one of those roles. Like, if you had a true oh, West yeah, type yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. where, like, they switched roles... I'd be Robert De Niro could do both seamlessly. I'd be, Al Pacino could not be. I'd be bummed if Al Pacino was playing the, the De Niro. Yeah, because De Niro just has that. He's so buttoned up. Yeah, he's so buttoned. Mm. He could play like the stern, side, but he could also be like the. Oh, I'm gonna come. I'm fucking coming. Well, well when like, you talk I'm about get you. two sides of the same coin, yes. right? Like, um, yeah, they both could be that guy, mm -hmm. but De Niro. Is so clearly cool and collected. Coll yeah, he's very calm. Pacino's so I'm not okay. Yeah, you know? except in the diner scene. Sure, that's the only time when it's like, oh, but, this is acting. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I think 
I think Bobby still kind of gets it. So yeah, no, this this does this movie opens up that debate of De Niro versus Pacino in a way that. But my first my first introduction sure. to this to L.A. Takedown, which I oh this is it hit me a revelation while I was watching this movie. I don't remember his name. The guy that plays Vincent Hanna in. In uh, L.A. Takedown, it doesn't matter. Um, but sure. I was looking him up. I was like, "This guy looks so familiar to me. Why do I know him?" And um, I looked Plain. up what Scott Plain. Scott Plain. And if I'm there when you're coming out of a score, I'll blow you out of your socks. I won't like it, but I won't think twice about it. Because if the wife of some poor bastard you kill is going to be made into a widow, or you're going to go down, brother, hey. You're going to go down. I know he died in a car accident in like 2004. He's like yeah. died at like 43. And, um, he, uh, so I was like, oh, he's dead, that's crazy, he was young. And I was like, why do I know him? Like, he's in something. Turns out, when I was a boy, I, um, I, I was not allowed to watch Terminator 2. Mm. And I was, like, nine years old, or whatever, ten years old. Sure. And, because it was rated R, it was violent, they wouldn't let me watch it. But it was on Showtime one night, and I taped it, and I snuck down put a tape in the VCR, taped it, and I didn't know how to set the timer, so the tape just ran all night. And taped Terminator 2, and then after Terminator 2, there was a little show called Red Shoe Diaries. I the Red Shoe Diaries. Yes, Red Shoe Diaries, starring David Duchovny. Yeah. For those of you at home that don't know this, this show, fantastic television show, I highly recommend it. Um, it is a compilation of basically penthouse letters that they write David Duchovny, sure. and it's softcore porn. And... I saw that, that was the first time I ever saw, like, porn in my yeah. life, was Red Shoe Diaries after Terminator 2. Something I was like, for me. oh my god, what is this? And in that moment, I knew I wasn't gay. And when that happened, I was like, oh man, and who is the male lead of that episode? Scott, Scott Plain. And I was like, holy shit, that's like, wow. oh my god, that wow. was, I, my mind was blown the fuck that's away, wild. and now... Then somehow it was morphing in my head because I was thinking about those sex scenes and he's in it. He's like moaning like, oh yeah. And then that morphed in my head to Al Pacino having oh, those sex scenes. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Because there was like the whole premise is like he goes in, he, the maid's there and she dresses as his well, wife and he goes in and fucks the maid but he thinks it's his wife and he's like, oh no. Well the movie opens with Scott playing and basically a softcore. Yes. Soft softcore porn. And it looks... It looks like a softball. Yes, it does. Uh, we'll, we'll get it. Yes. So, we're just telling me. So that was my first real introduction to that guy. I was like, oh shit, that's yeah. where I know him from. So that, but that was like, fucking years before, you know. So. You saw Heat when, like. Uh, uh, I saw Heat. I saw Heat when I didn't see it in the movie theater. Sure. Because I was I was too young to go see it. But I saw it when it came out. I definitely rented that from Blockbuster. That's fair. And it was a double. VHS. That's fair. I saw Heat, um, I was on like a Val Kilmer kick, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Tombstone, um, hell, Eagleheart. Yeah, Eagleheart. All kinds of shit. And Willow. I, Willow, that's a good, yep. good call. I was very, um, for whatever reason for a while, I was obsessed with Val Kilmer. Even to this day, like, Top Gun just came yeah. out, Val Kilmer happens to be in it. Great. Heat is just one of those dude bro films, like yeah. he's sitting in the college campus, sipping on some, uh, I don't know, Everclear, 
talking to your boys, watching Heat. Watching Heat, and all of a sudden, like, or you're like walking by, and like your boys are watching it, and you're just walking by in like the kitchen, and all of a sudden, it's about to be the bank robbery mm-hmm. scene, and you're like, oh, I'm staying. It's this. always about to be the yeah, bank it's about to be the bank robbery scene, oh. or. Like, there's a couple of them that you're like, oh, well, I gotta see the diner scene. Sure. I gotta yeah. see that. They're, they're all very good scenes. And, um, yeah, I just think that as a heterosexual male in the year 20-whatever, whatever. Like year two, of our Lord. Exactly. Like, I saw Heat and just the Heat. Always thought it was cool because that's just dudes, bros, we think it's cool. Um, L.A. Took Down had never really heard of it. Yeah. And... When I found out that you could basically just watch this on YouTube. Yes, and you can. It's for free, without ads, on YouTube. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll check this out. Cool that the script is very similar. I mean, it's no script. Same script. Yeah. Spoilers. But. Yeah, same Heat, lines. Heat is just one of those iconic films. I. It's done that, so much better. I think I think that to get your, your, like, man card, as it were, right, not to be problematic, uh, Heat's on the list. It's oh, one of those yeah. things you got to watch. Yeah, I mean, I I will be 100% honest that people love, 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 love Heat. I love Heat for, there's a lot of problems with Heat. There, there's a lot of problems. And there's a lot of things I don't like about Heat. Sure. I, there's a lot that I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't know. And it's, a kid, um, it's consistent for all Michael Mann movies for me, kind of. I don't, especially crime movies... I don't like how everything works out the way it should. Yeah. I'm a guy who likes the bad guy to win. I'm a big fan of that. If ever there was a bad guy that's gonna win, two guys dressed exactly the same and look kind of the same, um, Robert De Niro and Heat should have got away. I, I, and Tom Cruise in Collateral should have killed yeah, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, that's true. Michael Mann movie. Michael Mann, exactly. That's what I'm Michael saying. Man Michael Mann movies. Yeah. They kind of work out the way they're like. Everything's great at the end. Yeah, but like, depends on who you're asking, right? Like, when you watch films like that, the villain, I guess because they're the villains, to your point, they don't win. They don't win. But they should. They should. Because Al Pacino has to deal with the law. Yeah. And all the parameters of, like, can I get this warrant? Can I, you know, as a prosecutor, can I solve this case? Yeah. And... He never doesn't have to deal with that. He doesn't at all. He would... Although, I would make the argument Al Pacino doesn't either. That's true. this movie. That's true. Al Pacino is basically doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yes. But, no, I, I get what you're saying, that a lot of times when you watch films like this with these crime dramas, that you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, the good guy winning doesn't feel great. Because, yeah, I think you're right. The bad guy probably should win... He's more competent in his film. Uh, my by far more competent. He's the one who ga- gives up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who plans everything. He's the one who is willing to risk the time. He knows. That, I mean, but it's also f- filmmakers out there. If you're gonna write a movie where the bad guy wins, it infinitely makes your movie that much better. Sure. There are so many. At the spoiler alert, a movie no one's seen. It's called Arlington Road. With Jeff Bridges and Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins is a bomber, moves in next to Jeff Daniels. The whole time you think Jeff Bridges is going to stop him at the end. Spoiler alert! He does not stop him. He blows up and Tim Robbins gets away. That movie's not very good. Until you see the end and you're like, holy shit. Right. This movie's amazing. Because it, he doesn't win. 
Um, because the bad guy wins. Uh, if that, if De Niro killed Pacino in the end of this, this movie would be my top five movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that shadow catching them, we'll talk about yes. that. So, given that, I guess we can get into the synopsis, right? Yes. The synopsis of either film is that there is a Los Angeles robbery homicide sergeant who's on a trail of a gang of ruthless professional criminals led by a methodical leader whose only mistake is that during a certain heist, an armored car is uh, robbed and one of the people in his crew kills the guards of that... Um, of the armored car guard. Of the armored car. That Wangro. Wangro. Who's consistent in both films, right? Uh, because this happens, our Los Angeles homicide detective is able to kind of follow a series of, of clues, chase him down. Uh, both characters, whether it's our main villain or villain's not even really the right word. Antagonist. Oh, our antagonist or yeah, the... Or protagonist, the better I think. I mean, that's yes. what you're asking. Both it, sides of the same coin. Both, both sides of the same coin. Um, because of this, our LAPD officer is able to kind of follow this crew, chase him down, try to get clues. Meanwhile, he's being thwarted by this very professional gang the entire time. Yes. And even when the LAPD is trying to surveil them, the gang is able to do a pretty good job of surveilling them as well. Both characters, whether you're the main guy, again, two sides of the same point, or the... The hero or anti-hero. Again, depending on, it, depending on who you where you fall. Both of them have relationship issues mm -hmm. that they have to work through. Yes. And it's actually causing a strain on their ability to do their jobs professionally. Yes. While all this internal drama in their relationships is happening, basically their lives are falling apart, they're still pursuing their goals, whether that's chasing the villain or not chasing the villain. And our, our villain is just a bit of a step ahead Yes. Of the LAPD. He's going for one last score. One last goddamn score. And before that can happen, there's a bank robbery. There's all kinds of shit. Happening. Well, that's the last score. The bank robbery. It is. Yeah. So, both of these guys are dealing with the same sort of relationship problems. Our mm -hmm. antagonists, as it were. Robert Niro. Robert Niro. Robert Niro. Yeah, Robert Niro. Let's Robert Things take a turn for the worse when that antagonist tries to kill Wangro. And because of this, because Wangro is a cowboy, because of this, Wangro betrays the team, tells basically the the entire plan of their um, their heist, the entire plan of how they're gonna get out. And because that's relayed to our protagonist, it creates an entire set of events that we have to deal with. Our antagonist, rightfully so, goes for revenge. This revenge plot causes the antagonist to get sloppy. And the, the entire idea of his credo, motto, is that when the heat's on, you gotta be able to step away. In 30 seconds or left, or flat. 30 seconds flat. Because, because of the heat coming around the corner. Correct. 
because he's got his relationship with this woman, because he has this, again, rightful, rightful revenge plot. It clouds his judgment. It allows the protagonist to get a bit of an edge on him. And by the end of the film, we're looking at two sides of the same coin, and the good side ends up winning out the day, and it all really comes down to the fact that the rules weren't followed to a T yes. by our villain. Or antagonist. Villains, again, a loose word. But ultimately, again, there's a cop, there's a bad guy, the bad guy's pretty goddamn good, the cop recognizes that, the bad guy pulls off his plan as well as you could, but because of personal issues, he makes mistakes, but the cop's able to um, the cops able capitalize. to capitalize on, and ultimately, our villain is taken down by the cop. And really, in both scenarios, both of them are dealing with personal issues. The villain ends up losing the day because it just it's overwhelming. Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of what both these films are about. We're really gonna give you a good idea of what's actually goes down in both these films, but that's the general big tent idea of how these films work. Yes. Do you think I should add anything? Or is it something no, like that's about it. Mm -hmm. I think it, it's... I mean, there's more to... There's more to... We, we, we will get into Certainly. But there's more... It, that's basically the synopsis of the entire movie. Uh, yes, I would say that all good is not evil. All evil is not, not evil, and all good is not good. Sure. So... Sure. So, with that being said, I think it's very important that we break down our protagonist antagonist. Yeah, we'll just say, you know, yeah, but you know who it you know who it is. Yeah. So, good guy, bad guy. In the 1989 film, we've got Scott Plank who plays Vincent Hanna. Maybe. Maybe not. Who's a sergeant of detectives working for the LAPD? Wretched Diaries. <laughs> Wretched Diaries. Rest in peace. We got Alex MacArthur, who's playing Patrick McLaren. Yeah. So then you and me, we should both go do something else, pal. Who's a professional robber and the head of his own gang of criminals. In the remake... That's fucking awful. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, sir. No problem. In the remake, we've got Al Pacino playing... Lieutenant Vincent Hanna. Hoo My life? No, my life. No, my life's a disaster zone. I got a stepdaughter so fucked up because her real father's this large type asshole. I got a wife. We're passing each other on the downslope of a marriage, my third. Because I spend all my time chasing guys like you around the block. That's my life. And Robert De Niro playing Neil McCulley. These shoes. You see me doing throat seeker liquor store holdups with a born to lose tattoo on my chest? No, I do not. Right. I am never going back. Then don't take down scores. I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best, trying to stop guys like me. When you break down these two films, it is about these two characters. Yes, absolutely. No question. 
No question. It's the LAPD versus this like high profile gang. It's not even. I don't even think it's it's not really it's basically two leaders of two gangs. That's a great point because they it's just they two guys that respect each other, but they're not gonna stop. They have to you have to play the game and who's gonna play the game better. And frankly, there's two parts of it. It's almost like a Rocky Three situation. Sure. Because we were discussing what was your big qualm about the bank heist? My big qualm about the bank heist is that the way that, again, let's be honest, yes. the way that Al Pacino, because really when we break down these two films, we're mostly talking about heat. Mm -hmm. Can we, we're talking about heat. Oh, don't um, get me wrong. I could talk about L.A. Takedown all day. Good. I could talk about it for hours just shitting on this movie. When I look at the bank heist. Yes, the bank heist, which is... I mean, acting-wise, the coffee shop scene is amazing. Sure, it's the, sure. It's a master class in acting. But the bank heist scene is... It's the Action shot. is one of the best action scenes, non-stop, like, this is yeah. awesome scenes. Yeah. With no CGI. Yeah. I think my biggest qualm about the bank heist scene, though, is Al Pacino's response is irresponsible. Yes. Like, there's a bank heist happening. You know all the players. You literally know all the players. He's so obsessed with getting this bus that he's like, let's use all of our resources to stop it. The mid heist. By the way, the heist is already over. Like, they stole the money. They're getting in the car. And his response is, let's get them in the car. Well, when you do that, there's collateral damage. Yes. And that word collateral damage actually just jumped out at me. Both of these films are about the collateral damage of the yes. lives of these two men. Yes. Whether it's their families, their careers, their psyche. Their credo, their personal motivation has caused collateral damage. Correct. That... It's the same, what you're talking about, this is what you were saying before, sure. that I held back. The flaw is the same thing. Mm -hmm. That the exactly flaw, the same they thing. are both obsessed with. Uh, De Niro could walk away. He doesn't need to kill Wayne Grove. No. He does not need to do that. But because he did that, fuck him. So he goes back and does it, goes against his principles, and does it. Al Pacino can't stand, so, both of them can't stand so much that someone would beat them. Yes. That they go back, they do something completely out completely. of their irrational. That's what makes it compelling. Yeah, So yeah. you're doing this, you're like, oh, he should never have gone there and showed up. Yeah, he shouldn't have. And he probably won't be a cop after this because of that. Yeah. Because of so many people getting killed, which is a big L for Al Pacino. Yes. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like a Rocky Three situation. He loses in the beginning. He, well, the middle of the movie. No, he, he loses. He loses that bank heist. He kills Tom Sizemore, but he, get, he loses. Yeah. And, and he wins at the end. But, but, he, but even, like, if you break it down and someone says, why are there seven to eight dead cops? Yes. His answer's not good enough. No, it's not. Then, and it, by all rationale, what should happen, uh, why McCully, the character itself, should he should get away with all of that money. Mm -hmm. and, and he capitalized on the flaw because, that uh, Vincent has. Because if Vincent lets him go, 
he doesn't get away because he doesn't know the heat's there. Right. He doesn't know that he knows where he lives and blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. But now he knows scot free gone. He is gone. He is not sticking around. And, and Vincent lost. But now, the only reason why... So he capitalizes on his flaw. And then Al Pacino capitalized on Robert De Niro's sure, flaw sure. on the same respect. Well, it just cost him his life it, instead of money. It said so. But Al, either way, the the loss is there. Yes, it's stated so out in the open. Like in both films, the idea is that our only chance is if this guy tries to get the guy who wronged him. Yes, because Al Pacino or. Vincent Hanna, uh, Scott Plane. Scott Plane. Al Pacino and Scott Plane both know they're done. Yeah. They didn't solve this case. No. They lost. They lost. Yeah. They lost big. Big time, yeah. The only way we're going to catch this guy. And they, they lost like half, their, most of their crew, if not yeah. all of them. Yeah. Like they're all their like cop friend, like the cops. But, everyone's dead. But, but see, again, going back to this villain hero sort of deal, if you lose a bunch of cops, it's a problem. That's a huge problem. If you lose a bunch of, you know, criminals, it's a problem, but, like, that's just charges to the game. Yeah, they're, right? no one's holding up memorials for them. There's no college funds with their names but on them. But even the villains, quote-unquote, the criminals know the risk. Yeah. And they're willing to take the risk. Yeah. Throughout the entire film, they're like, we're okay with taking this risk. Yeah. Whether it's about the main guy's motivation or, you know, convincing him. They're just criminals. Yeah. He just happens to be the best at it. He's the best criminal, yeah. He's he in he's better at being a criminal than the cops are being cops. Yes. Correct. All day. All day. There, no question about that. Yeah. But like what I love about both of these films, because at the end of the day, there's the same film with actors of different capabilities. Capabilities. In a budget. A much better budget. Yeah. Heat has a very strong budget, which is how you get Al Pacino yeah. and Robert De Niro and not Scott Plank and Alex McCarthy. Yes. Because you know they're like, we want to redo this movie. And then they're like, well, look at this. Well, we're not going to green like this. What if Al Pacino and Robert De Niro were in? Yes. We're listening. Right. Right. Ain't throwing Val Kilmer for fucking... Uh, Shits and gigs, man. Yes. Like, I I love how good this script is, whichever film you're talking about. The fact that we are talking about these two guys yes. as this duality, as this flip of the coin, right? Yes. Like, Al Pacino's character being, like, so obsessed with his job. Yeah. That he's willing to let his entire marriage full of the shit. And he does. Yeah. He does. He, Lieutenant Vincent Hanna, in both films, does not care. That's also makes you think, what's, who's really more, who's really more detrimental? You're talking about a guy who, let's look at them, let's say they're both savage drunks. Sure. Savage drunks. Sure. They both cause problems at the bar. They both, no matter what, but they both are within their legal limits. Of, they're both legally doing everything correct. Sure. They tip, they do everything. But 
he's... Vincent Hatt is the guy that drives home drunk. Uh, whereas McCulley doesn't. We, we, right. that's, the, that's what it is. He's, he's disciplined in the fact of like, no, I just won't have a family. Right, right. Like, but, but like, that's the thing, right? That That is kind of life, right? That people give credence, benefit, you know, the benefit of the doubt to the good guy. Yeah. Because, because he's doing the right thing. Right? It's it's this is controversial, but like when as a society, we're really up on cops, we're really up on like um veterans and stuff yeah. like that. We're like, oh man, they can't do any wrong. Even when they're doing wrong. Yeah. Right? Like Vincent Hanna is not a good person. No, he's not you don't want to be married to that guy. No, he's he's a bad guy. He's on his third marriage. Third marriage, yeah. Right? Now He's not a bad guy. He's just a bad, he's bad at living his life. He's bad at life. that. He's right, bad at that right. part. Like, like, that guy should have chosen yeah. to be single. Exactly. The, Where, same way, the same way he did. Right. De Niro's character chose... Reflections. Yeah. The whole thing is reflections it of each reflection. other. And that, the other one tries, uh, L.A. Takedown tries to take that picture. It does not succeed no, in doing no, that. No, it, I, it does it, but it's so much more about Vincent Hanna than it is... About Patrick McCluskey or whatever his yeah. fucking name is in that movie, yeah. but um, it's it. Don't even look it up. It doesn't matter. No, no. It's uh, McLaren. McLaren. McLaren versus McCulley. Yeah, right? it's those fucking mix. Anyway, <laughs> um, he. But they he, they don't do a, a proper job of that, and like even their their meeting, it's it's not the whole thing is like not good. No. Uh, it, it's very clunky and very, like, not organic. And it, oh, it's... Yeah. So, I mean, just breaking down what you're saying right here, because ultimately we usually, like, compare actors and stuff like that. Scott Plank and Alex MacArthur. There's no... The only... There's one comparison. We, let's, we could skip this entire thing. Sure. The only person that's better in this movie, in a L.A. Takedown, is Vincent Hanna's wife. Okay, yes. That's it. Yes. She's it. Not only is she better looking, she's, uh, I think, a better actress. I would just get to that. Uh, yeah, like, she has more of an argument. Okay, so that's Ellie Puget, who plays Lillian Hanna in the 1989 film, television yeah. show, whatever the hell. And she's Vincent Hanna's estranged wife. Um, in the Are they married? Um, they never, I don't think they ever say in L.A. Takedown that they're married. I think you're right. I don't think they They definitely assume. I don't think they actually do. I believe in the remake, that's Diane Venora as Justine Hanna. Yes. I, I will say this, right? Like, it's been very easy, because we've been talking about this throughout the day, to say that the things that Heat does better than, than L.A. Takedown. Which is most things. 98% of things. I think that the relationship yeah. between the Hannahs in the original film is better. Is better, yes. I think that um, when you're looking at a character like Ellie Puget's uh, Lillian Hannah, the way that they interact yeah. feels more natural. Yes. I think that there's a scene that happens in the original film, show, whatever the hell you want to call it. It doesn't happen in the remake, 
that stronger. Like when Vincent and and her are out at like some like salsa club or something like that. That fucking see that movie. They rush through so much of that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. They ru- everything's so rushed and clunky and everything. Because it's they have, a TV show. Yes, but every they have five minutes to show them salsa dancing. Like do a full salsa dance. It's pretty good salsa. Yeah. I mean, so we bad. just came back from a waltz from True Lies, so like yes. I was. That's fun. Yeah, but it's I was like, for that. But it's True Lies. It's it was much more seamless. Yeah. This was like, are, am I still watching them dance? Like, what are we doing here? No, I get that. What I love about that scene, though, is to me that felt like that moment that Vincent and Mick, Claren or McCloskey, yeah. whatever, uh, felt similar because the way that uh, Scott Plank reacts in the original film, there's some guy randomly dancing with his wife. And by the way, she's dancing right back she's with him. She's certainly dancing. Certainly with dancing with him. Which, in the remake, uh, you can see scenes where like. She's getting dressed up to go yeah. out on dates and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, she's, she's fucking someone else. Right, right. Now, this is controversial, but I, I have to say, right? When I'm, when I'm watching the remake of uh, with Heat, when I'm looking at sorry, Diane Venora's character, and she's like giving Al Pacino a hard time, which, you know, somewhat yes. rightfully so, but also... Her daughters, scene after scene, which I think weakens Weakened, her character. Yes. By the way, Natalie Portman. Yes, N- Natalie Portman, scene after scene, her dad doesn't show up. She's sad, and by the movie, she tries to offer her. Her actual father, Vincent Haddon's not her. Yeah. Not her father. Right. Her actual father, who who gives a fuck, right? Yeah. But like, Vincent Hanna is a stepfather that is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yes. Because more than the mother. Yes, in one of the early scenes, you see the daughter who's like, "I can't find my blue beret, my blue beret," and the mother's like, "Well, what are you, what are you worried about?" And she starts freaking out. Yeah. Because she's not gonna be able to find her blue beret. She might miss her father, who's not coming. Yes. Right. You've got Natalie Portman's character as a daughter who's who's thinks her dad might not let her down. Yes. And who's going to let her down? Going to. You have Vincent Hanna. Who's not a necessarily a great guy, but he's, but a, he's good a good role model. Yes, yeah. who who's upset? Yes, rightfully so, that this scumbag yeah is going to let this girl down time and time again. Yeah, and maybe he's not the best father in the world, but guess what? He's not her father. Exactly, and to have Diane Venora being like this this is this is where I think L.A. Takedown is bad. Yes, correct. I'm with you because. Them getting into a fight at the salsa club, yes, is not that big of a deal. Yes, to me, right? Like, okay, the guy hit on her, and maybe you could have like relaxed. Yes, but like, he was defending her. Yes, he was saying this dude can't just call you whatever the fuck he wants. Yes, and he punched the guy, and she was like, ah, why would you do that? He like, did more than punch her. He beat the shit out of her. He did, rightfully so. Um, in my opinion, rightfully so because. He said, that's not a piece of ass. That's Lillian. Mm-hmm. That's my wife. Right? My wife. I, I wish that that scene was in Heat because I think Al Pacino would have crushed that scene too. Yeah. And that scene felt like it made him more like the villain. Right? Yeah, because like, he went excessive on the guy. Yes. This cop who enforces the law 
was willing to beat the shit out of some guy. Yeah. With no question, right? Now, you compound that with the fact that Vincent Hanna in this... Um, is a workaholic and right. obsessive. But he's not a bad dad. He's not a bad dad, yeah. Right? Like, he sees the kid on the street, he's like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I wanted to be by myself. Yeah. Picks her up, right? When she tries to off herself. Yeah, she tries to, spoiler, tries to kill herself. Yeah. Slits her wrist in the bathtub. Saves her. Saves her life. The whole time he's taking all this shit for not being good enough. Yes. He's the best father this kid that had. kid's ever had. Yes. Ever had. Yes. And the, and the wife is saying, I don't know why I'm even with you. I'm sorry. I fucking do. Well, maybe go back to this fucking loser. Yeah. Right? Like, that to me personifies Vincent Hammond. I don't think the movie is actually trying to do this. But, like, in my head, I'm like, you cannot fault Vincent Hammond. Yes. And then, also, I will, I will double down with you. Mm -hmm. When she gets caught cheating, yeah, well. he walks in and says, like, oh, no, no, sit down. By all means. He's mad at her. Every other guy in the universe, with the exception of maybe me, would be like, I'm fucking this guy up, like he does in L.A. Takedown. Yes, yes. And he's like, no, no, stay, stay. And just walks in, grabs his TV, like, you're just not watching my TV. Because mm -hmm. I'm leaving. But, but here's the thing, though. What's even more infuriating, see, what I actually think both of these movies do well, is they take these, these superior kind of, like, height of whatever their thing is, whether you're a hero or villain, characters, and makes them dudes. Yeah. Right? Grounded. Like, like, like we're two dudes, right? Yes. Like, flawed. I agree, right? I've spent the last however many years, it doesn't matter how many, taking care of you and your daughter. Yeah. You bring the loser who never shows up. But it, that's not her father that she cheats on. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't, think, uh, I don't think so. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. But, like... I think it's just some guy. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I, I read it wrong. But, um, the, I mean, what more do you Yeah, want? what do you want? It's like, okay, you want to spend time with them. Yeah. Okay. But, see. But that's, yeah, that's where the expansion of that in, in Heat really hurts that argument. Like, yes. in, in L.A. Takedown, I get it. Oh, no, she's 100% in the right. Yeah, she's 100% in the right. In L.A. Takedown, like he, he's, he's fucking He's going to be violent. Like he's yes. he's never paying attention to her. It's like okay, then she could leave. But but like there's the, no skin in the game. There's no skin in it's the just game. Just them two. Yeah, it's like okay, then get out of there. So there's no daughter in LA Takedown. I'm fine with her being like I'm out. Yeah, in LA Takedown. And his argument again is also much more sound when there's not a kid at home. Sure. Like in in LA Takedown, he's like, listen, I. I'm not going to be that guy that's going to be there on, but, you know, Sunday afternoons and sure, be home by sure. 5 p.m. Sure. Now, you're, you are right about that. L.A. Takedown, he's got a much better argument. Yeah. But, like, but so does she. In, in, in that film, though, right, in uh, maybe it's my own personal bias, I, I actually feel what he's saying is that, like, when we first hooked up. Yeah. And that's what it all comes down to. Like, again, no matter what you're seeing, the fact that he has that line in both films yes. means that you knew I was a detective for the LAPD. And you knew what you kind knew of detective I was. What, exactly. What type of shit I was getting into. And she's like, I wish, I wish, I wish. And it was like, it's all fucked up out here. She's yeah. like, I want you to come home and tell me about your day. 
You want me to tell you about a baby being micro, like, like a junkie, because it wouldn't stop crying. Like, but that's real. Like, I get that. And that's actually what both these films do really well. Yes. Vincent Hanna is not a great... He's not a great husband. Husband. Or but, whatever. But he's a good cop. He's a good because cop. Because he... Well... He, but in but in heat, Someone. it almost it lessens her argument because he's a much better guy, you know. He's a better guy. He's a better guy he's than a he is. Father. In, yeah, than he is in uh, L.A. Takedown. Right. He's not that great of a guy. No, in L.A. It, Takedown, he is. He's never present. He's never present. He's he's demanding, and when he doesn't have a TV stand, they just have the TV lying on the ground in their sure. in their bedroom next to the bed. Who could watch that? That's true. And it's on. But like. When he's at the club and the guy's dancing with his girl. Yeah. I, first of all, I get punched in that fucking guy because yeah. I probably would do that too. But like, he doesn't really have a good argument for why he did it. No. Right? Like, when she was like, I appreciate you, and she's so reasonable yeah. in LA Takedown. Yeah. In a way that you don't, again, you going don't back to, to your that. You, you already won. Right. Yeah. Right. You already got him. Yeah. And then he went back to to finish it yeah. in his book. But, like, I agree with her. They're like, no, it was done. Like, it was over. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? And he was like, what you You unnecessarily assaulted someone. Sure, sure. But, like, I like that about Vincent Hanna in the original film because that shows me why he's like Patrick. Yeah. He is volatile, violent, dangerous. Yeah. They both are in both films, but, like, I, I don't know, like he's that, just not as restrained as Vincent, as uh, as McCall, McLaren right, is. Right. And, like Al Pacino never crosses that line. He doesn't. He may cross some like ethical police lines, but he never crosses the like. I'm a dude willing to throw it all away. Yeah. In a moment. In a moment. And I actually think that uh, Scott Plank's character is stronger in the relationship scenes. And it makes him feel a lot more like Patrick in those scenes. I see. I disagree. Okay. Sure. Because, well, first of all, the Patrick scenes in L.A. Takedown, his relationship scenes are... Sparse? Horrid. Yeah. When they're there. It's like, why are these people here together? This, That's a good this doesn't make any sense. That's a good point. It's like, oh, and <laughs> I love that in that movie that she's like, oh, so what do you do for a living? I sell swimming pools. And he's reading about the structural integrity of titanium. Well, now, now you're talking about Patrick, though. Yes. Well, I would say, but there, that you, you were talking about the relationship between the two of them of how they, um, how they mirror each other. And I don't. I see. I see. What you're I saying. think that the restrain, like, the fact that he's he like, Patrick is. Restrained throughout the, he's reserved right. throughout the whole Versus movie. Like the only time that he's not is when he goes to kill. Uh, well, when um, they get what's his name, the guy that rips them off. Sure. That and then he, it, when he's doing business, he is not restrained. He's sure. the exact opposite of sure. restrained. Whereas, like right. Vincent in uh, in L.A. in the L.A. Takedown, he's he's not really like he. He does that, and then he's saying to her, like, oh, I don't, I don't, you knew what it was going to be. And her argument is so much better because he's not restrained. And the other one, like, he's a good dad, like, he, he yeah. cares about what happens no, to I her. No, I agree, I agree, I agree. Like, and 
her argument ends up being like, well, you're not around. Well, motherfucker, like... I, but, like, see, that's why... Neither I, are you! Correct, right. So, like, when you're talking about Vincent in uh, both the movies, right? Like, in the remake, Vincent being like, you know what it is. Yeah. Right? It, it is a strong argument because, first of all, you're my third marriage. Yes. I'm out of my mind. You know this. Yeah. You know, like he you said, know, like, you crazy. know... I'm nuts, right? The Vincent in the first film, she's got enough plausible deniability. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe he is not not as advertised. But she's but also, not really though. But she's also much more. Her argument, she's just a a better character as far as like. Yeah. She's not like she's a, a nightclub owner who's like, listen, I love this guy, but you're never around, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm alone all the time. Yeah. And, I get that. Whereas this one is like, well, then I fucked this guy. My, I don't pay attention to my daughter. Where she never, like, barely talks to her daughter throughout the whole movie. I, I think that Ellie Puget is the better wife. Yeah, than, like than the better um, character. It makes Diane her. Vinori. They try and make her like complicated in the other one, but the complicated makes her just more volatile. Mm, mm. Like, and it's it's like women hating for no reason. But, but see, like, see, she's not perfect either. It's like, yeah, but she doesn't have to be. Perfect. She just doesn't have to be a fucking asshole. Yeah, I think the problem with that too is that like the remake gets a little more um, crowded. Yeah. Because um, Val Kilmer's girl. Yes. Is occupying the same space. Yes. You know, like there, there's no difference. And does a far better job. I know. And so, like, when you're looking at Hannah in the remake, when you're looking at Diane Benora, you're saying to yourself. What she brings to the table, and the answer is not really much. <laughs> like, also, that's like one of those two. She's like, it also comes down to like, I, Ashley, like, like, sorry, no, I don't no, mean no, to cut you off, but like, you don't blame Vincent for Natalie Portman trying to kill herself. No, you blame the mother. Correct. And the father. Yes, the father mostly. Yeah. The father mostly, who's like. But the mother's not helping out either. No, but she's blaming. The stepfather. Exactly. And she's like, well, you could be better. It's like, better than the guy who's... Not who, here? Who, like, that character doesn't work. Yeah. Because the stepfather doesn't show up. Exactly. So you're shitting on Vincent. Who's there day in and day out? He and may, providing. He may not but be... But he's not there. He may not be there. But for that kid... He's there. Yeah. He's there. And, like, when he turns the car around and he picks up Natalie Portman, he's like, what are you doing out here? So I just want to be by myself. There's all these signs that she's fucked up. Yeah. Actually, the signs are so early on when she's yeah. like... Where's the beret? She's missing minor clothing. Yeah. In losing it. Yeah. Losing it. And her mother's like, well, you know, man, yeah. I'll find it. And it was like... And then has to, like, kind of correct after the fact. Vincent recognizes, and again, I think that goes back to like just being like that dude, right? Which I think is consistent across both films. He knows how ridiculous and fucked up his life is. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely. He makes no. He makes no qualm about it. He's talking. He's talking to fucking uh, to Pat about it. Yeah. To Patrick about it. He's like, this is fucking. This is that. It's like a therapy session. Sure. Sure. And. It, it's, he's the only one that he's fully like honest with throughout the whole movie. I agree. Both movies. I agree. They're both. That's the thing about like when you watch movies about cops and robbers. 
Yeah. We usually frame them in this way of like good, bad, right? And like that's still happening here. But but you're seeing two people who are kind of like observing each other's like professions. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. man, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Whether you're a cop or you're a robber in this situation. And yeah, the only time that those two get anyone that understands them, because it's not about being good or bad. Yeah. It's about being competent. Yes. These are the most competent people in their profession. Yeah, it's, it's criminal number one and cop number one. Correct. Like, And, and the cop's like, I'm going to get you. And the criminal's like, I don't know if you will. Yeah, I really don't think you will. You know? And, like, that, to me, is what makes both these films beautiful. And um, when we go back, I think I talked about this a little bit. But the entire premise of, of both films is, is based off the fact that... Um, what makes both of these films interesting is that, like, when Michael Mann wrote the script for Heat, L.A. Takedown, whatever the hell you want to call it, he's basing on a Chicago police officer, Chuck Adamson, who met a criminal named Neil McCulley, who De Niro's character is named after. Yes. Who, like, they happened to run into each other. Had a decent, you know, conversation, kind of got to know each other a little bit, and then Chuck ended up having to kill Neil. And, like, just... Duty, like yeah. Neil was criming and Chuck killed him. Like Michael Mann's ability to recognize it, like, wow, I took these two guys who seem the opposite. Yeah. But they're the same guy. Yeah. They're the same fucking guy. Like, you tell me, um, obviously you can tell me, but like the hero, if you take out what they do, who is the hero in these films? Well, specifically, the De Niro Pacino. Who is the hero? I would have to... It would probably be De Niro. De Niro. I think so. Yeah. De Niro's a better professional. Yeah. He's yeah. professional, and he's the one... He's much more goal-oriented. Like, and when he goes back, it's for revenge. Sure. It's sure. like, it's like, like, okay, you it's killed... To, it's because of you, three of my people got killed. But, like, when you, when you watch this film, Heat, right? Specifically yeah. Heat. The framework, when cops get shot, it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. It's like, it's they're nameless. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Like, a cop getting shot in heat is like, oh, wow, a cop got shot. But when a, a criminal gets shot, yeah. when Val Kilmer gets shot, the level of attention and background that yeah. we get on that, it's a problem that Val Kilmer's character is dying. Yeah. It's not a problem that a cop died yeah no it's just we got no, we have no story we have no idea what it's like we have no idea what happens when Bubba goes home correct like we have correct. no idea what happens when fucking Buffalo Bill goes home we don't it's between you <laughs> uh, <laughs> and making some poor woman a widow brother brother you are going down, down. but like the, the, that may be the story that they're telling but when you watch this film yeah the heroes are the villains. Yeah. They are. I mean, well, you definitely have more backstory with them than anyone. Absolutely. But Al Pacino has more backstory than anyone. Yes, yes. No, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but De Niro is the most competent 
yeah, he person is. in the film. In the entire film. Who doesn't allow himself to be attached to anything. In the he entire doesn't, film. in the entire, other than the one girl. And yeah. by people, like you were saying, like, oh, because that's his downfall. No, it's not. His downfall is that he deviates from the plan. The, the plan of, I'm already of way. Like, mm, fuck this guy. No, he doesn't get to beat me. You, you Instead of not caring if he beat, yeah. beat him. You don't quite get, like, that fork in the road bullshit scene, but you basically do where he's, like, he's driving. He's, he's He knows. He's done. Yeah, it's he's over. Done. He, he got it. Got away. He said to himself, fuck that. Yeah, I can't, I can't live with this. Yeah. He, I can't live with Wayne Gord. Yeah. Fucking, like, in, honestly, in a lot of ways, though, that is a certain type of nobility, right? Oh, yeah. That he's right. like, yo, because of this guy, three of my dudes are dead. Like, but three it, of my best friends. In, in, like, in a way that you never get with Pacino, which is true, right? Many of his friends are dead. Yes. Because of the bank heist. We know what it means to De Niro. Yeah. I don't know what that means to Pacino. Yeah. Because, like, all the cops are, like, kind of irrelevant. Yeah. When Wayne they Gord, hang out. Sure. But yeah. when Wayne Gord does what he does, does, and you're saying to yourself as the observer, come on, bro, just get out of there. Get out yeah. of here, Bobby. You're, you're so close. But then when he turns the wheel, I'm like, no, I get that. Yeah, it's like, I totally get it. I get that. I'm like, I like, kill him too. If, if someone took out my boys, right? Like, I had this perfect plan. Yeah. It was clean. And, like, some guy was just hating because he was cut out. Yeah. And two, three of my friends died. You know what? Sorry, I, I, like, I like this lady. Yeah, it's I cool. really like her. But up in New Zealand. It, it, yes, I think you've nailed uh, a perfect point. Is that the villains are the heroes? Yeah, definitely. Heat is more so about the the crew. Yes. Than it is about the cops. Absolutely. And that's evidence. And frankly, they are the more more interesting ones. They are. They are. They certainly are. Yes. I'd be willing to say that this is the first of, like, really what becomes Tony Soprano later. You know, the first, like, real rise of the anti-hero. I get that. Let's follow this guy instead. I'd much rather see him. He's the interesting one. But even, like, you were talking about that coke thing, right? Like, De Niro is so put together. Yeah. Pacino is so sporadic. Yeah, he's so sporadic. And also, like, you never see Robert De Niro having a drink. No. Like, he, no. all he does is drink coffee, and then he's, like, stern, and loves those, like, chrome suits, or whatever he sure, wears. Sure, sure. Silver but like, suits, but like, gray suits. His, his moral post, his moral guideline, even though he's a villain, is more pronounced and, and observable. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, he has morality throughout the film that is reinforced and, and like, like played out in a way the police do not. Yes. He's actually a more moral actor if you go just based off, like, what is my philosophy yes. than the police. Yeah. He's much, he has much more integrity than anyone Correct. else in the entire Integrity world. is the exact yeah. right word there. Because, like, like, morality, when you talk about cops and villains, but even, like, De Niro, like, the, sorry, uh, Pacino. Pacino's only guiding post is that he sees these terrible things happen to random people, and he doesn't think that it's right. However, 
That has nothing to do with Robert De Niro. No. Wayne Gordon is the the villain. Right? Well, oh, Wayne Grow is definitely the Wayne Grow is is He's definitely the villain. The villain. Like he's right. there's not redeem any redeeming quality. It's almost like a character. It's a cartoon right. character. Right. It if the in both films, the problem yeah. is Wayne Grow. Yeah. He is not tied to the same moral compass. At all. And he, he's a cowboy. He doesn't belong in prison. I'm sorry. He would... Would you describe him as a stone-cold killer? A sky-blue badass? If I was watching the 19... Fucking Air Force One uh, Secret Service guy. He is terrible. He is terrible. He's real this. bad. He's really... He he's was, real bad. He was so bad. He... Uh, he it's God. it's so early in the uh, eighty nine film though. Yeah. Like after you get past the soft porn, we're pouring half a minute yes. intro, and Wayne Gore's like in the car, like, "Yo, bro, yeah, I could, I could, I could do it. I, yeah, I, I could I do could, it." I, then, uh, by the way, the whole I've realized this about L A. Takedown. The whole movie is is almost shot like it's a reenactment on unsolved mysteries. Sure. The no, whole it thing is, shot is like, like it's like what is. Like the, all the crime reenactments, like I'm gonna go over here, okay, and then he walked. Like, yes, and it's like okay. So in the '89 film, um, Kevin Gage. Yes, the the he the crooked um, Secret Service office in Air Force One. Yes, that was him. Also, he was the head of CTU in '24, who got radiation poisoning and drove a nuclear bomb into uh, into the Mojave Desert. Sorry, in 89 is Xander Berkeley. That's Xander Berkeley. Who's Wayne Grow. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, and Kevin Wayne. Gage is Wayne Grow in the region. Yeah, Kevin Gage. And you could clearly tell that Ted Le they wanted Ted Levine to be Wayne sure, Grow. Sure. And he refused. I guarantee he refused because he didn't want to be typecast as like the serial killer. Because so, he was the serial killer in uh, Signs of the Lens. Now, I kind of miss my first. He has to. Watch through, right? Like when the. Uh, the black hooker gets killed. And, yes. And the family shows up. Like, I missed that that was the same person. Oh, yeah. You know, like... Yes. I missed sure. that in, in L.A. Takedown because it's not a great film. No, it's not. I caught that in Heat. Yes. Because it's a better film. Yes, it's a much better film. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. They're like, Al Pacino is being affected by Wayne Grove's crime spree. Because how does... Natalie Portman's story end that he sees happen. Yes. Yeah. He sees that happening. It's a great, that's a great integration of Natalie Portman into the heat. Um, totally. That's, it's like, oh, that's, I mean, he cares about her, yes. Yeah. But he also knows how the story ends. Sure. You know, and it's suicide or she becomes a hooker or drugs or whatever. Right, right, right. Like, and it's, it's in his own home. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about, Vincent Hanna in both films, right? Like, I personally, and maybe this is my own bias as like a man or whatever, I personally don't think that it's Vincent Hanna's fault that Natalie Portman or his daughter or whatever is going down that path. Of course not. He's, he's, he's not, not the, the father. He's also not the problem. He's, he's the only one in her life that is not the problem. I mean, and I think that's what Michael Mann does really well in this this remake, is he shows the mother ignoring her. Yeah. 
In the first scene. Yeah. In the first scene. Yeah. The mom's kind of like, eh, 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 and she's terrible. Like, she's it, it's, it, we, I mean, she just, that whole, the whole thing is with her. It's, though, it's bad. So poorly, like, rewritten, that part. It's just, uh, like, yeah. that's, that's really the only thing that we, I could really think of yeah. that's worse in Heat. That it's like, why? Why make her, like, evil? I, There's I, no point to that. I, I do agree with you. I still, as much as like the Natalie Portman thing, because it doesn't really add anything, by the way. Who, Have Natalie me? Portman? The Natalie Portman. Other than stakes for him, that he wants to clean up this city. Yeah. Because even he says, like, oh, I, I make what? Like a marginal difference in the city. Sure. Which he, and he's like, he knows it. I it's just, a futile effort, but he's still, he's got to make some kind of difference. I he? prefer the one-to-one -one relationship with his wife. So do I. It's in my, L.A. Takedown. Because it's like, okay, if she cut and runs... Okay, it makes sense. She would. Yeah. This other thing is like, wait, she's I, the kids attached to her. She's I a good father. I think the fact that like, yeah, it's fucked, right? But yeah. like, the mother is willing to talk to the father, this random guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's not really paying attention to her daughter, and like to put that back on Al Pacino. Like, look, I'm saying he's not a great yeah husband or father figure, whatever the fuck. But like. He's not worse than the person you're comparing him to. Yeah, the only, I mean, granted, the actress was better, but, and also, like, the fact that she's, they're trying to match her to be, like, uh, to be, like, Al Pacino's age, which she's not. She's not. In, in the movie, she's supposed to be. But she's, like, 45 years old. It's like, you're too fucking old to be you, doing this kind of shit. What are you doing? Like, cheating on your husband to get his attention? Go fuck yeah, yourself, yeah. you fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, in that one, she's, like, 27. Like, if she, and she didn't even do that. But she just was like, listen, man, this is not going to work if you're not around. All right. right. Like, right. But, like, that's not. Like, so there's a scene, right, where she says to Vincent, um, more or less, like, I don't, I don't know how this. Basically, like, I don't know how this is going to work. Right? Yeah. Like, you're not here. Like, she, she says, um,. How did I get caught up with you? Something like that, yeah. right? Because it, it's the one-to-one -one scene where they have the fight. Yeah. But instead of there being like the physical altercation with the other guy, um, it's just Al Pacino and her talking one-to-one. -one. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I, I don't get how I ended up with you or like why I'm still doing this. And it's like, well, your other yeah. man who you had a kid with refuses... To show up for his kid. So, like, pick your poison, sweetheart. Yeah. Like, I, I, at that point, it doesn't... L.A. Takedown, that relationship works better. Yeah, of course. Because he's not involved, and there's no other... Yeah, I mean, right? we don't have to keep talking about it, though. I know, you know I know. Like we, I know, Yeah, it's, it's, it's much better. Like, that, right, that right. part. But that's really the only one that you could possibly say that's better. No, that is the only thing I could say. Maybe that's yeah. why I'm so harped on it. Because, like, when she's saying you don't get it, it doesn't make sense because her her man... Yeah, he sucks. ignoring his kid. Yeah. Like, every other... Like, she picks... Even the guy that she cheats on him with is a fucking loser. Yeah, like, all that. Well, like, when you... When I you never lied. I never cheated on your bitch. This <laughs> is the best line. I never cheated on your bitch. That's pretty good shit. Nah, you, you are right, Dan. Though. Like, I don't want to like run that character in the ground. I think we nailed it, right? Yeah, like, the, just, like, yeah, the marriage. I mean, it's just better. It's uh, the 
it's more believable in uh, L.A. Takedown. It, it is. Much more. Yeah, I, I think that it's more believable in the sense that, that they are a one-to-one -one couple. Yeah. We see her beef is more legitimate. Yes. Right? Like the wife's and she's beef, just a better, better character. She is. She, she is. is. And I think that the way that they portray that relationship is yeah. actually better. It's like less is more. Less is more. Less is more. By like adding a kid and the father yeah. and the blah, blah blah. You're doing too the much. The kid, the kid's fine because it raises the stakes for it, for him. But sure. But I think what happens pretty organically, right, in the uh, the Heat, the remake. Yeah. Is we start looking at character in uh, the original film. You've got Peter Dobson as Chris Shirellis, Shirellis, whatever, and you've got Val Kilmer. Who plays Chris Shaherless? I like that Heat starts to make other characters matter. Yes. LA Takedown is about two guys. Two guys, and then the the who Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, not D'Onofrio, Vincent, uh, what's his name? Um, Hanf? No, no, no. no. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, why am I just blanking on his stupid name? Uh, Tom Sizemore. Yes. Um, Tom Sizemore's character is kind of the same in both. He's kind of like, he's got a family and whatever, and Pfizer, like, whatever. But they expand on Chris's characters vastly more. Sure. That he's got stake. He's just kind of hanging out in L.A. Takedown. Sure. He's not, he's not anything. And by the way, everyone in this fucking movie is black slick hair. I lost track of... Oh, I was about to you say... You could have switched yeah, out everyone that, in that fucking movie for the other one. I was like, you, I wouldn't even know. Thank you for saying that. When I was watching L.A. Ticket, I was like, who the fuck is who? Is that a cop? And then the only one I was like, oh, it's Loser Baldwin. That was it. That was the only one I could... I was like, ah, oh, it's not... And that's saying a lot. The worst Baldwin. The worst Baldwin, and then Loser Baldwin. That's with Steven there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's really consistent, right? That, like... When you're watching L.A. Takedown, what makes some of that work is because it's so condensed. Yes. Right? It's two dudes with slick back hair with the same fucking, uh, yes. you know, uh, demeanor. Yes. They're the same guy. Yes. And the guy that plays uh, McCulley, McLaren in, in L.A. Takedown, he is fucking Awful. He's pretty bad. He is terrible. He's pretty fucking And bad. he's so bad, and then the the relationship he has with the girl is so bad. Granted, bad. the relationship in Heat isn't a magical either. Yeah, it's just, compared to that, it's fucking Romeo and Juliet. I think that the acting is just... It's uh, atrocious. Like, yeah. you're this high-top criminal. He tells he tells his girlfriend, the, the his girlfriend, he meets her at a diner. She's like, oh, what are you reading? A book about metals. Okay. Yeah. Weird. And she's like, oh, why are you reading that? And he's like, I sell swimming pools. And right. she, he says, in the other one, he says he's a salesman. Yeah. This one, he specifically says swimming pools. The swimming pools. Swimming pools. But then you're like, oh, why would you study uh, metal? Uh, how to, the structural integrity of titanium, specifically. It's yeah. Like, well, I'm fucking selling swimming pools. Maybe I'm sure. I build them out of titanium. What, leave me alone, bitch. I know. He like, never, like, explains. Ne why. Doesn't even try. No, it doesn't. Well, I granted that Heaty doesn't try, but that's the point. Right. This, it's like, huh? Like, right. Just that's an easy. That's an. Yeah, I thought of it immediately. And you're the criminal. It's sloppy. It's sloppy. Like, just say, oh well, we built the pools out of titanium. No, the heat 
again, handles all this better. Again, yeah. going back to like the Val Kilmer character, when you're talking about uh, Michael in that film, we get his relationship with his girlfriend. Yes. Which is actually like a driving like storyline. You know, it's not just some yes. random like Michael matters because he has that relationship with his girl. And I'll give you one second more for that. Ashley Judd is playing Charlene at her hottest. Well, oh yeah, she's close. Is it this or uh, Time to Kill? This is pretty hot. Yes. Yeah. Ice cream truck. Get a king cone. Get a cone. Let's get a king cone. Yeah. We get a fucking screwball. Anyway. Yeah. But now, when you look at Ashley Judd's character, right? Like, who's fed up, right? Fed up. Val Kilmer is fucking up. Yes. Right? Same way we see with some of the other actors throughout the film. But when Rob De Niro has to go and say, listen, you're going to give him one more shot. And if he fucks up, I'm going to take care of him. No problem. It, it elevates yes. De Niro's character because he's like, look, I know he's fucking up. Yes. But... I cannot afford you yes. to you can't be doing, doing this, right, this now. right now. You want to do this yeah. two months from now? Have fun. By all means. By then, he'll fuck up. Like, this guy's staying on my floor. He knows he's going to fuck it up. He knows he's going to fuck it up. He knows he is. But, like, that is the stuff you're expecting from the criminal mastermind. It's yeah. Like, I got to button up these loose ends. I'm like, he knows Val Kilmer's character isn't... Um, A degenerate. Yes. He knows yeah. he's a degenerate. He's a born to lose guy. Yes. He's a, you see me with a tattoo? Yeah. You see me? <laughs> Holding up liquor stores with a born to lose tattoo on my chest. That's Val Kilmer. However, I will say, in that bank robbery. Oh, Val Kilmer's good. Puts in. Puts in. Word. Well, we were talking about it before. He's just like, ah, sorry, ah, ah, and like doing the switches back and forth. I, I, I actually like that when he immediately comes out and no, sees the cops there. He's like, hmm, smiles at him and just pulls out the gun and starts yeah. shooting. I, I think that, like, when I talk to dudes, like, bros that watch this, because, like, he ultimately, uh, if you get past, like, the actual, like, real nuance and the subtlety of it, it's a bro movie. Like, oh, yeah. Dude, bros love it. And they, like, love Val Kilmer in it because he puts in that work. But, like, his character is actually really good at building out this universe because yeah. he's he's a bad, terrible husband, terrible husband, terrible father. Husband, whatever terrible father. I think he's married, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think but so. even uh, and also he he equates uh, love with uh, financial security, like right. and he can't provide any of that. And granted, so does she, right. to some degree. No, no, she does. She does because he's. It's one thing if he doesn't make money, but he makes a ton of money, but, but he blows it. But Ashley Judd knows that, right? Yeah. Because if you look at their scene, which I love this edition, by the way. Yeah. I think it's brilliant that they elevate this character. Yeah, to have a motivation to do it with them. Because, like, you could have not cast Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. You could have cast Johnny fucking what's-his-name. He was supposed she, to be someone else. I can't remember really? who, but, yeah. But when she's like, this isn't worth it for eight grand. One, she understands yes. what's happening. Right? She knows what it is. She also understands his quote-unquote worth and is, like, pushing back against that. And he's like, listen, bitch, it is what it is. And yeah. I think they're like, when you see De Niro's reaction to her cheating. Yes. 
it puts in the context like, yo, go clean yourself up. Go yeah, her sh and her cheating makes sense. She's like a gorgeous woman with a kid, and then that like can have pretty much anyone she wants. Totally. And why is she putting up with this fucking bullshit? Whereas like Pacino's wife cheating, it's like, huh? Right. Right. Like, huh? Like. Okay, but, I guess, because you can with but, this fucking loser. But I think, like, again, going back to, sorry, no, this is the last time I'm passing by this. Pacino's wife picked wrong. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Ashley Judd in this situation is, yes, she may have picked wrong, but, like, their setup is really nice. Like, yeah. if you look at how, like, Ashley Judd and Val Kilmer. Yeah, their life. It, it's pretty nice for what it is. And, again, going back to that ambiguity about who's the villain, who's the, um, you know, who who's good, who's bad. They're living like people that are, I don't know, like financial advisors. Yeah, you know, affluent. Like business people. Yeah, like, affluent people. I, I love that about Heat versus L.A. Takedown. Mm -hmm. they, they act like professionals. Yeah, they're like... The guys in L.A. Takedown are living in apartments that look like like worse yeah. than mine. Worse than mine. Yeah. Like well, a lot of those are like the apartment of like Michael Manners. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sure they are. That's all. That's also are. like one thing in L.A. Takedown. Yeah. Some of the scenes where they're doing, they're filming. I don't think they had permits. Yeah. And they're filming in businesses during business yes. hours. Yes. Like they're at the bar and like. When I'm, they're like yelling, "Let me go to Seven and Seven. Yeah. I feel I like that's a working that. bar. I think so. And he, I, by the no, way, he ordered another one of those in a seven and seven. And he gets a seven and seven that is definitely not a seven and mm -hmm. seven. It's mm -hmm. something in Coke. I yeah, it is. It is. I, I just love the fact that he's like, uh, "What are you drinking?" I was like, "I don't know." And then yeah. he was like, "Let me get one another one of those," which I have no idea. Yes, yeah. in a seven and seven, like crazy. Uh, but we're yeah, all yeah the the set pieces, uh that was one thing specifically in uh, Heat that is so much better. When the scene when they're setting the cops up to be exposed, so good. It's so much better in Heat just because they're doing it in like in LA Take Them. They're doing it like basically. It's kind of an apartment complex courtyard. Yeah. yeah. And they're like looking around and they come by and they're like, oh. And he puts it together immediately. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what are they doing here? They were looking at us! And we were like, Right. And Al Pacino's eyes looks around, he's like, the highway's there. Yeah. Like, he has, like, he's putting it all together, I, and it's like, oh. They're looking at us. Yeah. Like, yeah. he figures out. But like, like, figures it out. You see him go to that progression. Yes. Thing. It's actually, it's like, that doesn't make sense. Isn't There's nothing there. Really There's no business, sense. nothing. There's paper, no escape routes. Paper mill. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, oh, my oh, God. God. But in the other one, it's like, hey, the next line is, they know it. Yeah. So that's why I know what it is. They know I, it's us. I think going back to what you're saying, like, it two slick back hair guys. Oh, way too many. Are running around LA together. And, and like they're interchangeable. Interchangeable. And most of them, I'm like, who is? Are these the cops? Or are these the? Yeah. And it's like, what happened to Daniel Baldwin? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, loser Baldwin. Good point. Yeah. I yeah, LA takedown. Oh. Does not have. The budget to fuck with him. I have a note, a note here. Sure. It says, oh, loser Baldwin. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's true. Uh, 
I and the um, but no, the when we're talking about Val Kilmer and his whole backstory. The only part of it that's not believable because I do believe that those two people, those two beautiful people, Dan and Baldwin, Detective Bobby Schwartz. Oh, Bobby Schwartz, okay. my mistake. Because yes, he looks like a Schwartz, um, uh, Irish guy from Long Island. Yeah, Schwartz. So, <laughs> um, I think his equivalent is Ted Levine, is Detective Mike Bosco. Yes, uh, Bosco. George's ATM pin Bosco. Bosco. <laughs> um, so he, but they they have the whole, uh, the only part about the Val Kilmer, because I definitely believe those two beautiful people fuck each other. Sure. That's, yes. Yeah, I Ash, do believe. Ashley Judge and Val yes, Kilmer. Yes, yeah, Ashley Judge and Val Kilmer. That's very important. And um, I also believe that she would cheat on him that someone with someone who's like ultra successful, like whatever, because he fucks up so much. Sure, like, sure. it's like, I can't deal with you. I'm, I'm I'm a commodity. I could get laid somewhere else. Like, you sure. fucking loser. Sure. Go sleep on Neil's floor. Um, and then, the only part of it, I don't think Val Kilmer knows anything about football. That he that he gambles on. Then again, maybe that's the point, because he clearly loses. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's no way that he would care about football. He just, it would never strike me as the type of guy, like, be like you see the Dallas game? Yeah. Like, it was, but, it would never happen. But again, I, I like... That Ashley Judd's character knows what it is. Oh yeah, right? she knows the score. Like I think the more people that get it right, but know to shut the fuck up. Yeah, just continues to reinforce how good this crew is. Yes, Rob De Niro's character is willing to throw a lot of people under the bus. He's not willing to throw Val Kilmer's no, character under the bus. Certainly not. Because I he likes him. Yes. Those, that's actually, if there was a flaw in De Niro's plan and his whole model of, like, never be attached to anything that you can't walk out in 30 seconds flat. The only people he can't run out on? His crew. Yeah. He's the only, but, that's, the, that's it. But really. he's genuinely hurt. Yes. When Val Kilmer decides to just bounce. Like, at the end of the movie, because he's talking to uh, the fence or whatever. I, I, I don't remember the guy's name off the top of my John Voight? John Voight, yes. John Voight. He's talking to John Voight. John Voight, who is based on an actual criminal who is Mr. Blue in Reservoir Dogs. Wow. That's why they look exactly the same. Yeah. Mr. Blue was actually like a criminal and like did that kind of stuff that what John Voight does. And his counterpart in L.A. Takedown okay. is the guy that puts the cigar out on Arnold Schwarzenegger's chest in Terminator 2. Wow. And I was like, that guy looks right. And I looked him up. Sure was him. Yeah. Fucking Terminator 2 guy. John Voight's Nate, who is basically like, you always got to go back to him for whatever you yeah. need, right? Um, when John Voight says it's a free country, yeah. when Val Kilmer decides that he's going to do his own thing, yeah. De Niro's genuinely hurt in that yeah. scene, but honestly, he gets it. Wouldn't you? Yeah. What else does De Niro have? He has nothing else. He has Val Kilmer, He has this crew. Mm -hmm. But he also understands, like, and that's also a great part of their relationship, no matter what. She's like, don't come back here. Like, yes. This is, and it's not because I don't want you here. Right. It's because you're going to go to jail. They're, they're watching me. They're right here. And she gets in the, like, the sly signal. Yeah. And he gets out of there. Which I also really appreciate. He gets away. I, I do appreciate He's that. He's fucked because he has no money. No, he, he probably escaped with some money. I think he gets a little bit of Yeah, I think he had a case with him. The way he, had a, he had a bag with him. That makes sense. Because he doesn't have anything saved, obviously. He's sleeping on fucking Neil's floor. What's the fucking black guy's name? In the Dennis Haber? Dennis Haysburg? 
Yes. President David Palmer? Yes. And... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's really good. Fucking Allstate? Yeah. Pedro Serrano? I, like, again, what I think the remake does so well is when you look at Nate, when you look at Val Kilmer. When In the original film, you got Clarence Gilliard Jr. who plays Mustafa Jackson. Mustafa, yeah. Who's that guy? Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, who's that? It's the most random thing ever. It, it's so random and it's so ridiculous. Dennis Haysbert, again, we take these characters who are part of the crew, they're kind of bit players. Yes. But, like, we see Dennis Haysbert talking to his girl the whole film, who's like, he just got out of jail. Just stay on the up and up, stay on yeah, the straight yeah. and narrow. And, and, and also, but, like, you see why, right? It's not like he just, like, you want to do the job, Bobby? I'll yeah. take the job. He, he's like, my, my boss is a bigger criminal than yeah, I ever big, was. Yes. I'm getting fucked with. And I'm trying to do the right thing. And he is. And then De Niro, you know, uh, is like, hey. I will say this. As much color as it gives you, like, th this movie is three hours long. It doesn't Just need the, to be three hours long. It doesn't. You, as much as I, it's enjoyable to watch, you don't need the, his backstory the, at all. You don't. You don't at all. I like that we I like that we get President David Palmer in here. But... Two hours and fifty minutes is too much. It's too long. It's like this should be a two-hour film. This should be yeah, two hour fifteen. You yeah. can cut out a lot of shit in this movie. There's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot like you don't need Wayne Grow to be a serial killer. You don't. He could just be a scumbag. Yeah. You already know he's a scumbag. He killed those guys in the yeah. beginning because the one guy was smiling. Which is, I, by the way, when he kills him in LA's takedown, laughable. Yeah. When he does it, the guy's like. He doesn't even tell him to stop smiling. He's just standing there like, it's the worst acting yeah, I've ever seen in my that. life. And he won't. And it's like, why are you doing that? Like, does it, it doesn't make like, any he, sense. Even the scenes with like Tone Loke and, and stuff like that, it's like, I don't get why we need all of this. Well, you do because the way they, they get onto them, in the, it is, that's one of my biggest qualms with this fucking movie. It's both movies are so poorly written how they put two to two and two together. Like, they're investigating this one crime, slick. and it's slick and sport. sport. Motherfucker, I call people slick all the time. doesn't mean someone's going to, like, track me down. Like, no. no one's ever called anyone slick before. Yeah. That is so paper thin, it and it turns out to be the right thing it's really after bad. the first informant you talk to. Yeah. I, it's uh, so, like, get the fuck out of here with that stupid shit. Like, when he's leaving, he's like, yeah, Yo, slick's slick, no slick, joke. Slick. With no what? joke, yo. What, what, what did you say? What, uh, I went, yeah. no way. And it's the first guy, the first lead you're tracking down. As bad as that can be, the fact that we get to see Val Kilmer's backstory a little bit more, we get to see... See, that's important, though. That whole backstory makes sense. Like, because you need to, he's a member of the crew. You are right. You need right. to have his backstory, because so he has a purpose in the game. Like, the other guy's just in L.A. Takedown, the guy that Chris is, he's just there. He's like, you want to do this? Yes. Yeah. And and he he's like, yes, we need to do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no choice for right. me. I right. have to do this. Like, Dennis Haysburg taking the job is just so that he took the job. And, like, yeah. we know his backstory because they want to make us care. Yeah, they want to make you care and make you know, like, he's not a bad guy. It's also irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. You're right. You know, 
He's not an integral the, integral part the of the same way delivery. LA take that was like, that's a driver now. That's a driver. Exactly. You could it could be the same thing. They could be in the diner and be like, yo, isn't that fucking guy from fucking guy from that yeah, job? Yeah. Yo, he's a stand-up guy. Yo, he was in C Block. Yo, what are you doing this afternoon? He's like, yo, I'll fucking do it. Yeah, that's like, all you need. Because you don't need to know he's a criminal yeah, you're or whatever. Right, right. Like you don't need to know like the, that the diner owner's an asshole. You're hundred percent right. Because his wife or whatever being disappointed that he like dies yeah. there doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the plot because of the movie at all. Because we don't know her. Yeah, it paints her. a fuller picture of the character. Sure. Absolutely. But it's totally unnecessary. But like, if you told me, like, in a behind-the-scenes, like, film, like a DVD, like, DVD, behind-the-scenes, and you're like, actually, he just got out of jail. I mean, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that would have been a cool scene to see, I guess. Right, but, like, you don't need you that don't need to it. see it. No, and in the same respect... Because we got to do... watch her look at a TV at a bar. Yeah, there's like, no... Yeah, yeah. You see this, like, I don't care. You're making points, bro. Yeah, it's like, I don't really points. give a shit. And then also, and say, like, you don't need this, although I guess it's it takes place to uh, the point that he thinks that he ratted him out with uh, Danny Trejo and the the other guy, yeah. his counterpart yeah. in L.A. Takedown. Now, which is, like, you don't really, once he leaves, once he's, he's like, yo, I can't be a part of this, right. he honestly doesn't have to be in the movie ever again. No, no, but because it's the same script. That's yeah, the it's the same script. That's but the problem. It's like you could literally, when he's like on the phone, he's like, yo, man, I'm sorry, I don't want to be, I don't want to let you down, but I got heat and I can't shake it. I thought that was it. That's it, and he could be gone. Yeah. And then he's dead, like he's dying. But see, they treat him like the guy in L.A. Taylor. Exactly. Who, who is kind of involved because he's like in yes. the movie, but like. But you don't need, like you don't need him at all. And. People are like, oh, well, it's extra motivation for De Niro to no, go kill. No, it's like, no. yeah, it's extra. But, again, but you don't need extra. extra. You don't need extra. Yeah, you don't, he fucked this up for yep. me. Like, yep. he, he fucked up that first job. That's how the heat got on me because this fucking guy had to kill the guy smiling. You don't need that extra motivation because of the, the girl. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, in in the original, I don't even remember what the fuck happens with, with the chick, like, after the scene and Wait. him. With who? Uh, um, De Niro's girl. Yeah, De Niro. No, she. Yeah, she just. Like, she's kind of like. She's in the car still when he. Oh no, he's. She's not even in the car. No, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. in the original. No, I don't. Where'd she go? Geez, who cares? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, but but that actually is the point. Like, who cares? Yeah. Right. Like I I like that De Niro. But he has to have a. I get why that's yes. in there. You, he needs no, a motivation I, to I, like I for that. something better. I get, I do get that. But what I'm saying is that. In the original film, right, everything's kind of, like, connected. Like, that, the guy who plays Danny Trejo's character yeah. is in the film throughout. Yeah. He's in the film early. He's not doing anything, but, no. like, they, I don't know, they connect. But he's a part of the crew. Danny Trejo shows up mad late. Yeah. Can't do the job. And at that point, to your point, like, all right. All right, he's over. Like, he doesn't have to go to his apartment and kill him. Like, and mercy kill him. Right, right. He doesn't have to. And, and like, the idea that, I don't know if I told him what I know about you. Who? Wait, what's your name again? And, yeah. Who uh, are you? Like, oh, just do it. The, the fact that, but before we even see Danny Trejo, we got to deal with Allstate guys. Yeah. Backstory. Whole life story. And I'm sitting there like, why are we? Who is this guy? Yeah, who gives a shit? Who's this fucking guy? Yeah, who gives a you shit? Know? And then, you could also, like, another part, as much as I enjoy it, but 
I, I, I especially love the line of, uh, of, I'm talking to a dead man on this phone. Great. It's great. Phenomenal line and great reading of him is like, oh, this is an but, empty line. You don't need it. Who's that? They, you don't need that. Like, they, they sell him the fucking thing. Boom, it's over. Sells him. It doesn't. Sells him bearer bonds. Bearer bonds. And yeah, he risks stuff to go kill him. And he does kill him. But you don't really need it. Right. You, you, yeah, you don't need it. That, that's the one thing about the remake that I'll say is that. And all, as much as I love that. No, it's great. Yeah. Like, look, all of this stuff, it's cool. Yeah. That we get to kind of see extra motivation. Yeah. Extra rationale. But like. Does it justify a two-hour and 15-minute runtime? No. It does not. It doesn't. Heat should not be a three-hour movie. It should not be a three-hour movie. It should be, like you were saying, maybe 2.15. Yeah. It's like, well, we got Robert 2.30 kind of pushing it. Yeah. You know? I guess you're trying to make him more badass because... I guess I mean, so. He's, he's bad enough already. But he's so badass yeah, already. You don't need like, we don't need this stuff, man. I guess you... Like, he's going to... I guess it's like one of those, he's going to do it... It's trying to show that he's like... Why he's going to kill uh, kill Wingro at the end? Right, because he pretty much said that he was going to kill this guy. Yeah, and he does, and that's what he does. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, his commitment is deep. But like, what he's going to say again? He's the most, he's the person with the most integrity in this movie. So yeah. if he's going to do something. I, he's going to do it. I would say that like Xander Berkeley's Wingro has more of like foreshadowing because like from the jump he was like, yeah, here yeah. I am, yeah. right? And I I do appreciate that Wingro. And the remake's a little more subtle. Oh, uh, much more subtle. And actually, like, oh, that guy might actually kill Hooker. Totally, totally. This guy, he kills Hooker's because the script says he does. Right, right. But, like, and getting out, moving past the characters, right? Because mm -hmm. we could go down a laundry list of people. You know, we could talk about all state guy, we could talk about all this. What makes the remake work is the budget. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Right. There's one scene that they show after, during the, uh, in L.A. Takedown, mm -hmm. of, they show a helicopter, uh, during the, like, uh, the bank heist. Yeah. When they're following. It is so clearly them just filming a helicopter on the street. Sure. And they're like, this is, yeah, this is following them. And they're running down, like, a residential street. They're yeah. clearly not in L.A. It looks like the street, like, Dennis the Menace grew up on. Oh, okay. It's. Yes, the budget is... Although, I will say this. I will give this. Okay. Of course, um, when it comes to the uh, budget, I bet most of the budget for both movies... Mm -hmm. I, I did no research on this. I'm just willing to guess. Most of the budget for both movies is the bank heist. Yeah. And yeah. let me tell you something. In uh, both the, movies... The, the bank heist is good. Yeah, it's good. The sound of the bullets. of the That's how guns sound. Like yeah. that's it's like pop pop. It's like a slapping bang. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like it's, it, it's, it's, and they do a great job, except for the bu the bullet that kills um, Tom Sizemore's yeah. counterpart. Sure, sure. That one when he shoots him in the head, that's the only that is goes like the, like that's that, that's what it's out. It's like uh, this that's is terrible. Bad. Yeah, but Tom everything Sizemore else plays Michael Chirito. Yeah, and. I think it's close to the same thing. It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, same basically. thing. But, uh, hold on. Sport, and he kills Sport. That's the only time that the... Vincent Gustafaro plays Michael Chirito. Yeah. In the original film. And, but he... 
That's the only time. But the sound of the guns in both movies mm -hmm. is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, and the gunshots and everything that they do. And it's... And it's... Amazing how much that looks like Grand Theft Auto before Grand Theft Auto. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, like, um, there's this, uh, there's this game called, uh, Payday. There's a game called Payday, which is basically a bank robbing video game where you play like four characters, and it's totally a ripoff mm. of these scenes. Like, you wear a little mask, like, you, like, whether it's, um, Point Break or this film, like yeah. it's the same type of mass bank robbing scenery and stuff yeah. like that. Every time I see those scenes in these movies or games, I'm like, this looks so much fun. Yeah, I would love to rob a bank. I, I'm never I'm going weirdly, to. Yeah, of course. But you I can't. would love to. You can't. I think we'd be good at it. I think I'd be great at it. Pretty fucking which, good. Which, uh, that's, I think I've told you this, but I'll tell the uh, people at home, is that my, my grandfather's brother was... A bank robber. Yeah. That's what he did for a living. He his name is pretty famous, Willie Sutton. You could look him up. He's known as the gentleman bank robber, yeah. uh, the actor. But he, uh, he used to rob banks, armored cars. He robbed them. He went to jail like eight times and broke out seven. That's pretty. Yeah, good. <laughs> like uh, and made no bones about it. People say all these nice things about him. Like, oh, he's a really nice. Oh, he was such a nice guy. A he wouldn't try and rob. He would try not to rob a bank uh, when a woman or a child were in there. Hmm. And then I talked to my uncle who knew him. He was like, he was a piece of shit. Like, right. he was a bank robber. Right. What are you, an idiot? Right. And keep in mind, he tried not to rob it when... But if they were there, he did Oops. <laughs> Oops. I guess. So. I guess. Well, yeah. turn your... I was like, stop crying, kid. Yeah. Sorry, ma'am. I think that when you look at L.A. Takedown, Yes. Which is the same script, more or less, right? Yes. It's the same script. Same script. And you look at Heat, same script, better actors, more yes. money, you know what I mean? This bank robbing scene is so much better. Oh, it's great. It's like not even... Yeah, it's not even better. It's, it's not even close. Yeah, like, it's great. But, the, I mean... They did what they could with yeah, the other no, ones, it's and it's not—it's watchable for what it is. It's—it's it's okay. Yeah, it's okay, right? But and they basically have all the same guns. Oh, they have the the nine millimeter, yeah. the the machine guns. But they and the and they have the I, AR fifteen. Even like some of the lines are like not better, but like like when they do the same thing about like this money is. Government insured. Yes. Like when they say FDIC in the original, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that is what it is. Yeah. Like it's actually probably a pretty smart cut from the remake because like who gives a fuck like the actual yeah. government policy? But like, I, I don't know. It's just so much more legible in heat. Yes. And it is like one of those scenes where like people will sit you down like a uh, fucking film studies class and be like, look at this. This is how you shoot. This, yeah, you know, but also the the bank mm -hmm. alone in Heat is far better. When they go in to rob the bank in uh, in L.A. Takedown, I it looked like an office. It does. It walks in, and granted, some banks do look like that, but for the theatrics of it, uh, when you're talking about the shot and the way you're gonna make it, like him echoing while he's yelling because yeah. it's in this giant like marble fucking yeah, no, no, no. bank, it looks so much better yeah. compared to like. The fucking savings and loan that George Bailey is working on. Yeah. It's a Wonderful I mean, Life. Like, I mean, watching the 
robbery scene in Heat again. Yeah. It just remind me how good the robbery scene in Heat is. Yeah. Like, like for a lot of people, that is what they remember about Heat. Oh, of course. Most people don't remember what the fuck else happens. Of in course. Heat. That and like uh, rob the the coffee shop scene and sure. them robbing the armored cars with the Jason mask. Uh, sure. The hockey mask. Yeah, but like the hockey masks are better in Heat. Yeah. And like it's the same thing. Like again, it's mostly the same shit, but, but it's like, better. He, he just has. Yeah, and it's just like, and the bank robbery—it's the quintessential bank robbery that you want in a movie. Yeah, like this is what you want. They walk in, like in L.A. Takedown, he walks up to the counter, uh, the Pat McLaren, and he's like, "Yeah, can I borrow a pen?" And the guy's like, "Sure," and bends down to borrow a pen. First of all, the one thing that everyone knows about a bank—they all have those pens on a yep. chain, and it's right there. So. Right. No, and then he bends down, and while he's down, puts the mask on. They that already saw you. I know. They have. They know what you look like it was now. Goofy. Like it doesn't matter. It was goofy. Yeah, and the yeah. whole thing. It's, it's like they, that's why you killed the guys in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He didn't want to kill the the whatever his name is. Uh, you don't have to. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. No. Uh, Vince, um, not Vincent. Uh, Tom Sizemore's yeah. counterpart. He kills them. And they both kill each other. I ain't, I ain't looking up shit. He yeah, they, looking up shit. They killed it when they killed the guys, the armored car guys. It's because they saw their face. Oh, they Wayne saw Mansion. his face. They saw um, Tom Sizemore's oh, face. Oh, Tom's sorry. So they were like, "We gotta kill him now." Yeah, but he walks right in immediately. They're like, "Oh, I know that guy." I think like even that scene, right? Like if you go back to L.A. Takedown versus Heat. When that scene happens in L.A. Which scene? The armored car scene, right? They make an excuse like, oh, the guy didn't see them because he's basically blind. Yeah. Right? Like, pointless, right? Pointless. Versus he were like, he was hiding. Yeah. I don't need the guy to be blind. Yeah, blind. What's he doing? Like, Like, it's just so goofy. Yeah, it's... the whole, well, Heat is, oh, God, and that guy's smiling. He's like, he doesn't even, Wayne Grove doesn't even question him, like, to stop smiling. Yeah. He doesn't even say anything. He's just looking at him, like, oh, the guy's, like, grinning out of nowhere, like, ear to ear. Like, what's going on? It's so stupid. Totally. It is, the, the acting in L.A. Takedown is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Atrocious. Like, it's everything. What, what's nuts is it's 90% the same movie. Yeah. In terms of the script. I'm not talking about what you see, but the script. Yes. Right? Like, um, we were talking about the dining scene, the famous dining scene. There's two mm. sides of that coin. Like, I would bet 85% of that is the same thing. It is. It's the same thing. It is. Him, like, but even you talking about, I'm a salesman. Yeah. Why, why a pool salesman? A pool salesman. That's just a, a salesman. I, that just immediately... Rings of, but it's meant to in the other in uh, um, American Psycho. I have to return some videotapes. That's right. supposed to be stupid, right? Because it's so crazy, right? Whereas I sell swimming pools. What kind of fucking swimming pool salesman wears Armani suits? I, look, I I agree. I mean, fucking Michael Mann loves that gray, silver, chrome suit. Oh, he loves with the with the no tie, white shirt underneath. He He's all about and loves the name Vincent. Vincent. Slick back hair. Slick back hair. He's about it, about it, no matter what. Yeah. That's his whole he thing. He loves right? it. Like, no, I mean, look, the, um, the 
climax, the money shot of the film, in both films, is the bank robbery. Definitely, definitely. That is the iconic scene. Everything else after, uh, it's literally the aftermath it, of that. It, every, everything before after. is foreplay. Yep. Everything after is just like, I guess we gotta finish this movie. This is the cigarette after sex. Yeah, exactly, yeah. dude. And look, it works really well. It's a fucking it's great. phenomenal scene. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, that's the epitome of bank heist. Totally. It's great. Totally. And, you know, in the remake, you get Jeremy Piven playing the doctor. Oh, Jeremy Piven. Oh, but the doctor in L.A. Takedown immediately tries to extort them. Yes. Which, and he does it with, like, a smiling face. And he is so confident for extorting men who he know, know knows that these guys willingly killed several civilians and several right. police right. officers. Well, and he's like, I think it's worth double. And right. then he says the do the. The, the lines. The line, oh, it's it's, it's uh, worth it's quadruple. Worth, for, it, it, it's worth four times as much, because I'm worth the, my, uh, like, it, what I'm going to do to you is worth I, four times more than anything uh, you could uh, be it, afraid of. It's, or the guy exploits him. They pull the money out. He pays him double. Yeah. And he says, actually, it's worth four times that, because I'm two times worse then the worst thing you could imagine... Times two. Right. So it's like, huh? Yeah. It's bad, but times two, because I'm the guy. Yeah, so now I'm four. Now I'm number four, and it's two. So which you're the double worst, <laughs> but I'm two times that. Which is a classic Michael Mann script. Like, what are you saying, what bro? What the fuck are you talking about, What are you saying, bro? Like, and like you see would you trust your out? If all this went down, I was like, no, I guess I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I, I guess I wouldn't. I, I don't know. Like, and then he's like, if anything happens to him, I'm coming back. Like, yeah. If something happens to him. And like, first of all, you, this guy is barely in this movie. And then you never hear from him again. That's Val Kilmer's character. That, you never hear from him again I, in that movie. It's like, part of it is I like that Val Kilmer's elevated, but then the other side of it is like, but why? Yeah. But why? I like it. I do like it, though, because at least he gets away. I, think I, I, I Okay, I do like that. I'm a yes, fan of that. I do like that. They're like, it shows you what could be Yeah. if you just... But also, it does show you more about De Niro. That Val Kilmer knows he's so obsessed that Val's like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I'm, I, I am shot. I am dying. I got a wife. I got a kid. I don't have a... Did Wayne Gore fuckers? Probably. Yeah. But I got $250,000 in my name. Or whatever yeah. the fuck, right? Like, he just said, I'm out. Now, part of that is probably because he's dying. And it's like, yeah. I can't deal with this anymore. But, like, when you look at um John Voight saying, look, it's a free country. Yeah. He made his choice. You know, like, that... That matters and it makes sense. And you're right. It does elevate... Yeah, the film, but like I don't know. I go back and forth because it is two hours and fifty minutes. It's like, do we need that? You, yeah. you exactly don't need any of Val Kilmer's backstory, but I'm glad it's in there. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think that I like that Val Kilmer is there because one, we get extra star power. Yes, I think it should be in there, and I don't think like the 
President David Palmer, Pedro Serrano's character. Sure. You don't need his you backstory. Don't need you don't need Danny Trejo's back. You, you don't need his mercy killing. You don't. I like. I like the mercy kill. And you honestly don't it's need. Consistent across. Yeah, times. and you don't technically need the fucking them. The uh, what's his name? Henry Rollins' boss. The guy. The banker. In, yeah, uh, that's just Dark all Knight. bullshit. That's all bullshit. Like yeah. you don't need that. That you could. You could. And it's, it's the same movie if you cut that out. Yeah. And which is it's cool. Like don't get me wrong. I like. I like that part, but you don't need any of it. Yeah. And I mean, to, to further along the plot, if you take that out, it's the same movie. There's a lot. And, but if you take that, all those scenes, this this movie is two hours and five minutes. Yeah. There's so a lot of, you could leave all the Val Kilmer stuff in. There's a lot of clunky shit like that. Like when you look at um, the scene where she's got a great ass. Yeah. Like that. That's, Unnecessary. That's filler. You don't need, you just need to know that she's cheating on her. Correct. That's it. You don't have to have anything else with Hank Azaria. You don't need anything. You don't... Just that she's cheating on him. Maybe that you know, oh, he's cheating on him with some hot shot. But you don't need to know that he got caught up on uh, tax evasion or whatever. Correct. correct. Or whatever. Selling in cigarettes Jersey, in fucking... Yeah. In Jersey. And I'm selling cigarettes in Jersey. I mean, that and... Um, oh, God. All that shit. Is and, like, funny enough, it's all in the original... Kind of. No, that one's not. None of that stuff is. Well, like what? The Danny Trejo thing is. The Danny that's Trejo's it. in here. That's the only. That's the only part that's. Everything else is cut out. The Barrow Bonds guy. Yeah, you're right. That is a separate. Part. That's that's not in there. They they give him the money. And that's all. Yeah. And then yeah. they, they he's gonna kill Wayne Grow, and the same thing happens. Like he jumps yeah. under the keys in between the cars. I agree. And then he gets away, and then, the, all the backstory on Pedro Serrano is not there, and then all the, the. The stuff with the wife isn't there. Right. Uh, all the stuff with Val Kilmer's wife. Well, the Val Kilmer stuff is all all there, and yeah. then that's literally all of the banker stuff, yeah. like everything. Well, like the Val Kilmer thing, and that's why I said, like, I I float between I like it and I hate it. But I like. It. I think it's. I think it adds to it, and you should have it because there gives him a stake. There, there's a reason. It tells you the stakes that well, Tom Sizemore's in it for because okay. he's he's uh, adrenaline at it. I'll give I I'll give you that right. They're like. Like, going back to the Allstate guy and Val Kilmer, I love that I know why they're there. Yeah. Could I do it in less time? Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. That's really my only... Yeah, you could cut out... But, like, out. the Val Kilmer thing, I don't think you need to cut anything from Val Kilmer. No, I, mean, I think you can keep all Val Kilmer. Just cut out pretty much Hank Azaria. Yeah, Hank Azaria could be... Brock Meyer's gone. Yeah. Um, but, and you could t- cut out all... Uh, David Palmer's uh, backstory. Sure. And then you could cut out all of. It, it, you could cut out, like, oh yeah, all that shit. Yeah, it's it just, all filler. Like, it does feel like like you kind of like seeing it, but then did you need to see? No, it, you right? don't need to see. It. You know, like. But you, the the only thing is, I think it adds stakes every because it explains right and LA LA story LA takedown does the same thing of. It tells you the. St- it does the same thing for Tom Sizemore's counterpart. Sure. It's like, yeah, he's an adrenaline junkie. Sure. He loves. No, he's just he there loves for the score. For the score, like he doesn't really care about the money. He's there to like this is fun. Yeah. And uh, the same thing. That's kind of how they track him down because that guy was, um, uh, Tone Lock. Yeah, he was saying like, oh, he's, you know, he's and, and he keeps saying about how he's not doing anything, and. That guy's not going to not do something. Right. Because he's right. going to get into something. So, 
And then yeah. that's whatever. Then sport yeah. and slick. Yeah, yeah. Sport and slick. I mean, it's but they it, they give that just enough amount of time. I don't. You don't need to know it anymore as Maxwell because that's his motivation. Sure. Whereas at there's. He asked him, like, no, which way you have to decide. Which way he's like, oh, for me, the action is the juice. I'm like, okay, now he has got his motivation. Val so, Kilmer doesn't have any motivation if you get rid of his wife. You so, have no idea. No, no, like, in, like, we don't know that in the original film. And I think that, um, it, because of the way they shot the remake. Yeah. With Val Kilmer putting in so much work. Yeah. In that. And the fact that Val Kilmer, like you said, getting out. Yeah. But it and, matters. It matters for him. Like, and th but that also adds a whole other level to a, why why uh, Neil does it because he doesn't need to do it. He has the money. He has all his other money. Sure. Like he's not a fucking idiot. He, well, you don't see everything in his apartment is empty. He doesn't spend his money on it. He doesn't I, booze. I, I, he's not I, gambling. I, 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 he's not whoring it up. But see, the thing though is, so it gives him motivation at the same time. Yeah, so, but, but I'm glad you said that though because Val. You can't really say, like... It's not like Val Kilmer's being, like, an asshole, right? It's not no. like Goodfellas were, like, the pink Cadillac, right? Yeah. Val's got a family. He's got a family, yeah. He's got a girl, and his girl's like, hey, grand for what you do, because she knows. Yeah. She's like, that ain't enough. Yeah. And she's not wrong. It's no, like, not. you can't be out here doing scores for eight grand. Like, you're you're too far along the game. Yeah, that. Like, exactly. eight grand is like, we're going to boost some cars. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you're, you're, you're robbing... That'll last Thanks. us a week. Right? And, like, their house is nice. What's going on is nice. I, you're right. Like, if I step back and just enjoy the fact that, like, Val got out. Yeah. I could probably enjoy that. But, like, but we it, spent so much time with yeah. De Niro. But also, De Niro, like, uh, fucking Pat and Pat McLaren mm -hmm. in uh, L.A. Takedown, there's no real motivation for him other than no. the money. But it's like, that guy doesn't need the money. But like... He clearly does. Like, why would he need to? The problem with L.A. Takedown is that he's not a real person, right? Like, Pat McLaren is just another slick back hair yeah, guy. exactly. Like, he's not a... Like, L.A. Takedown's problem, when it arises, is who cares? Yeah, who gives a shit, yeah. Versus he... You kind of care about everybody because they flesh it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, again, that comes down to actors, budget, things like that. But, yeah. like, you can't, you can't dis dismiss that. Like, Heat is a more competent By film. Far. Not even close. Yeah, I know. Not even close. So, I guess, like, that brings us to, because, like, we've talked about a lot of, like, that. What the framework, right? Like, the skeleton of these films. When we talk about the endings, it's not even a comparison. I know it's not. Laughable. I know it's not. It, oh so God! You get the Trejo kind of equivalent, where what do you know, right? Yeah. And and Pat takes out his boy. Yeah. Out of kindness. Now again, I do like that they both do the same thing. <clears throat> I do like that the Trejo equivalent is more. I do and I don't. I like that he's in the film a bit more, but then when I think about who kills him, like, I don't know, like, it, it, it's a little muddy. Yeah. Like, I, I like that um, they have that moment, and I know who that character is. Yeah. First, Dan Trejo kind of shows up late. 
Yeah, but the, uh, he also gives you that, like, listen, man, the last thing I want to do is let you down. Yeah. Like, well, he's I, like, I okay. Yeah. And he gets out of there and he leaves. Also, in the original, he fucks him over. Yeah. In a way that we don't really see in the league. Yeah. Because he, right. he's going in with Wayne Grove. Right, right. Like, that's kind of... And who shows up as Wayne Grove's assist, uh, like, partner? Mm-hmm. Shang Tsung from fucking Mortal Kombat. <laughs> It is what Shang Tsung. It is Shang Tsung. Your soul is mine. mine. No, you're right. Like, um... The, the honor, quote-unquote, killing at the end is like, don't leave me like this. Yeah. No, leave me like that. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he, he fucked you. But, he but Danny it. Trejo did it. I know. The other guy did it. I know. It, yeah. Danny Trejo does not. So it's like, that's a weird scene, too, in L.A. Takedown. Yeah. It's hard to circle that square, right? Yes. Because he... he Fucks him. And then he's like, please, come on, man, don't leave me like this. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why should I help you? Right. But, like, we don't have that interaction. Now, no. Again, that's a moment where, like, L.A. takedown script suffers. And I think part of that is because it's not really meant to be mm-hmm. fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, you got to think Michael Mann's, terrible. he's running off of Miami Vice fumes. Yeah. He's running off of Crime Story fumes. And, like, that, that scene is... Real shit compared oh, to real shit. the remake, but it's kind of the same scene. It is just but like, different, different backstories to it. Yeah, the context and context is everything. Yeah, and then it leads you to the hotel. Oh, in both scenes. Oh my god! In both films, um, Robert De Niro's and his counterpart go to, even though they should leave, leave scot free. Yeah, uh, with the money and the girl. Right. Decide to go to a hotel off a tip from John Voight slash Terminator 2 guy. Yeah. Uh, to go to uh, Wayne Grove's hotel to kill him. Yes. So Alex MacArthur playing the, uh, you know, our equivalent of De Niro's character goes to this hotel. Which, now, this is where it gets confusing again. Like, this is where the script, in my opinion, early on is pretty strong. Starts to fucking fall apart, if you ask me, right? When he's like, starts? This whole movie is a fucking clunky mess. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, you're right. There's no starts. The movie's, when the movie starts, the movie starts falling apart. Yeah. We got Wayne Gore, who is our, our tie. He's going to come back for revenge. So let's tail Wayne Gore, and then we'll know where he is. Because if we don't have him... In the next 9 to 12 hours, he's, he's gone. gone. He is gone. Yeah. Oh. That's a mess. It's a mess. It's a Why? mess. Why? And then so he <laughs> knocks on the door. He's like, oh, plumbing. I'm here. Oh, I'm here for the plumbing. <laughs> and Wayne Grow doesn't once look through the people. No. He just, oh, okay. Uh, why? Uh, my plumbing's fine. He's like, yeah. This is 537. 437's having leaking, so yeah, shut your water off. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there, not avoiding the door at all. And then Wayne Grove goes out, it goes in the back, takes forever, he's like, just getting changed. And clearly is getting a gun. Yes. And yeah. gets a shotgun and kills uh, Patrick McLaren. Right. Through the door. Well, shoots at him a bunch of times. Sure. Through the sure. Sh- and like blows manholes with a shotgun through the. Uh, hotel door, and then he avoids it, and then 
the cops are coming, uh, Vincent Hanna and all them are coming up alongside him, and then he gets sh then Pat McLaren gets shot through the door mm -hmm. that auto magically doesn't have any more shot hole shotgun holes in it yep. after three seconds and gets killed and dies in the arms of Vincent Hanna going, you had it, you, you were away, you were free as a bird. That was and it. he dies. And then they go in to arrest Wayne Grove. And he's like, no, I'm not going. It takes out a gun after surrendering. Right. right. Voluntarily surrendering. He and Vincent Hanna tunes up the band yeah. and comes in like Shawn Michaels and sweet chin musics him like the sidekick, like, ah! And kicks him. Out. out the fucking win broken window of the hotel, and he, ah, and falls the, the Robocop treatment. But we see it from the side, we don't see the, oh, oh my god, it is absolutely hilarious. Like, he winds up, the guy pulls out a gun, he's like, ah, and Vincent Hanna goes, yeah, I'm kicking his motherfucker out the motherfucking window. <laughs> Y'all stop. <laughs> Y'all move up. When he's closer, I'm kicking this motherfucker out the window. He does the fucking sweet chin music right in the chest. Oh my he's god. Like, oh. Yeah, you're Doesn't right. shoot the gun, just takes the kick in the chest. <laughs> like the fucking coyote. Like, yeah, it is so funny. It's, oh. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Get him. Oh my but god. But like, you know, what also fucks that scene is Wayne Girl's making a good point. Look, man, it was self-defense. I mean, clearly, yeah. I'm like, I'm ahead. Like, yeah, he had a gun. The prosecutor's not going to put me down. And, like, for that. And then he, he immediately says, well, you're going to jail for this other thing. Right, ah! <laughs> right, right, right. Because, he again, gets kicked in, the in this convoluted way, he's like, all these other murders that we showed earlier are actually the murders that we're going to get you for. Yes. And it's like, how? How? Like, who? Yeah. Huh? And some guy's wife. Mm -hmm. Like, huh? A wife and a hooker. And yeah. It was really weird. Huh? You don't have any ev evidence on him. So, yeah! <laughs> Just yeah. Him out. That, and then, that and then he, horrific. uh, and then they go, they're downstairs, and then Vincent Hanna's estranged wife comes out of the crowd. Because she hasn't shown up at any crime scenes sure. around this entire sure. movie. Sure. But now here she is. Oh, hug it out. Everything's okay. Yeah. End of movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's a terrible It was, as, it's like, you're building up, uh, and again, that's why, to your point, L.A. Story is not about two men. It's no. about one man. Right. And Heat is about two men. Heat is about two groups of people. Yes. That, and then they're leaders. And why... How could you, like, I was sitting there like, you're trying to build this guy up as the number one criminal and the number one cop, and you have the psychopath, random psychopath right. kill him? Right. What the fuck is this? The it, wire? It, it, like, you can't do that. It was pretty, pretty bad, like, especially when you consider the fact that Michael Mann gets to do a do-over and make the heat ending, right? Yes. Which is a much more competent ending. Where you right? get the satisfaction of... De Niro being better than Wayne Grove, yes. the random psychopath. Right, this random dude. That, that he just walks him. in, dressed as the hotel clerk, fucking kills him. I, and boom, boom, and the guy knows he's fucked right before De Niro kills him. Kills look him. me in my eye. Look me in the yeah, eye. Yeah. Like, yeah, so 
in heat, right, the Val Kilmer thing sets him off, right? Yes. Like Val Kilmer is dying. He's like, okay, fuck this. Which is another great reason to elevate yeah. Val Kilmer, right? So he goes, he collects his, his chick, and he's like, look, let's go with me. First of all, that part is kind of crazy because, like, this woman has no reason to deal with this psychopath. Yes. Right? She sees this photo on the evening news being like, this guy shot a bunch of people. Yeah. There's like eight dead cops. And she's like, this is date number four? Four, maybe. Yeah, maybe. She's like, oh, I'll go to New Zealand with you because yes. you want me to. New Zealand? Which means Bobby Jarrett was throwing some, like, grade A dick. Oh, like, he she was, was fucking... That bitch wasn't, she wasn't dick. even thinking about it, right? So, he's got her in the car, and he's like, we're going to make it. John Boy's going to help him fence out. Yep. Uh, he's going to help Nate, or, no, John Nate Boyd is Nate. He's going to help Val Kilmer's character and stuff like that. And De Niro's like driving, he's like, I'm almost out. You know nah, what? I got to make a stop real quick. I got to, she was like, oh, I don't know why, because I don't know you. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know you. Why? Oh, I just got to go kill this serial killer. Why? It's personal. Personal. Goes to the hotel where the police are like looking at Wayne Gore, because they know if... And by the way, in this situation, he goes back, he knows the cops are looking mm -hmm. at Wayne Gro. Mm -hmm. He knows. Can't help himself. Can't help himself. He's Can't like, no, himself. I'm going to get in here. Which, to a certain extent, I get. To a certain extent. Oh, I get it. I, no, I just get it. Actually. This guy fucked up his I, life. I, I know. I get that. Because, like, the score was good. Like, again, going back to that thing I was talking about before we get into the real ending, my argument for this film is that Al Pacino, in a lot of ways, is the villain. Because, yes, is this crew really bad and, like, they murder people and shit like that? This bank heist should have been quiet as shit. Yeah. No one should have died. And would it have sucked that we would have lost a lot of money? Sure. But no we? one. No. No one would have died. Except Al Pacino has such a hard on. To stop for him. Robert De Niro, that he's like, let's just like not plan this and start shooting at them when they get in the car, and it results in like twelve. But please. doesn't wasn't doesn't it? But Val Kilmer shoots at them first. They show he, up. They they don't need but, to show up. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they weren't gonna be there. Yeah, you know? you know because but he sees them, and as soon as he sees them, then he shoots at but, them. But it wasn't like, I, I, I'll give you that, that you're right about that, but like, it wasn't like they were going to shoot the crew. They were just waiting for their moment to yes. do it. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, bad guys robbing banks is not good, but, you know. But you you rob something. You know all their names, you know who they are. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Taking like twenty cops to go in the middle of a busy street. Yeah. And like nothing about that situation was safe. No. There were civilians not. everywhere. A little girl gets picked up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like in it, both movies. It, it exactly. It's a messy. As a human shield. Yes. It's pretty good. It's yeah. a messy scene, but whatever. Like getting away from that. I you know another podcast. Maybe I'd argue that Al Pacino is a villain in that situation. No, I, yeah, I think you could. You, you could make the it's, case, it's, especially because we made the point that Robert De Niro has the most integrity of anyone correct, in this movie. Correct, correct. And, like, the 
the job was designed so that no one got hurt. Yes. But a lot of people got hurt because the police got involved. Now, That's that correct. doesn't mean the villains aren't villains. But I will say that, like, I don't know, the cops could handle it different. But that's another story for another podcast, probably. So, this whole thing happens. Val Kilmer gets shot. Jeremy Piven has to give Robert De Niro his shirt, (coughs) which is a great scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Robert De Niro collects his girl, and he's like, all right, John Boyce is going to get us out of here. What does Jeremy Piven say? He's a gift for my wife or something. Yeah, something bullshit. Some nonsense. You're going to fucking... Just give the fucking mass murderer your shirt. Correct. Just shut up. Just do it. It's a shirt. Yeah. So, he collects his girl, and they're going to make their way uh, out of the states using John Boyd's um, resources. Like yes. Like the fence. John Boyd, who's phenomenal in this movie, by the way. Yes. He's really good. We his talk about his best now. work since Anaconda. Absolutely. Nobody move. Now, on the way to escape, Rob De Niro's like, this wing grows shit. I got sick. a terrible itch. It ain't sitting right in my soul. Mm. And the girl's like, do we have time? He's like, yeah, I got time. Yeah, I got time. I got time. Goes to a hotel. Oh, pre-9-11. Correct. You just get on a plane. Yeah, any, anytime you want. Yeah. He, um, he gets a national flight, half hour. He gets to Wayne Grove's hotel. By the way, Wayne Grove can't leave in both films. Yes. Because the insurance dude, who they're... Like selling barrel bonds to, has to pay Wayne Grove for snitching. Yes. On the crew, and he has to wait in his hotel. So De Niro knows that he goes to the hotel, he like sneaks past security, pulls a fire alarm, and then like says, "Yo, um, whatever." He says his whole plan. He's like, "Wayne Grove, you got to come out." Wayne Grove doesn't buy it. This is so much stronger in the remake. Rob De Niro. Busting the door. Yeah. Wayne Grove sitting on the couch. He's like, Wayne, uh, De Niro fucked up his face and got yeah. him all bleeding out of his, his nose. He's like, look at me. Fucking look at me. Yeah. And then shoots him. And then kills him. Now, there's no planet, and I think that's why Heat is so much of a better film. There's no planet that Wayne Grove gets Wayne Grove kills. Him. Yes. There, there, I, I mean, there's no... When no. Wayne Grove gets the he's, upper hand. Yeah, he's smarter, more ruthless, like everything. He's not on drugs. Not on drugs. He's not like he's not he's methodical. Yes. He's, like everything about it. He's he's better trained. Yeah. He's I didn't even realize until like I was watching the scene that he was wearing an actual security guard's outfit. Yes. Like everything was perfect. Yes. Wayne Grove, boom, slams him in the head, shoots him. Dunsky. Right? Better than Wango kills a man, a cop. No, that's so ridiculous. Stupid. And then kicks him out of the fucking Stupid. window. Like it's you Shawn Michaels. You free as a little bird. You free as a bird. Tweet, tweet. Yes, and then he like, basically he's with him when he's dying. It's yes. like, alright. But he's not like comforting him. He's like, alright, no. man. Like no. it's, it's like, almost like two soldiers. Yes. Like, it's like, I respect you. Right. He's not like, everything was gonna be okay. Like he wouldn't be heartbroken. No, like, no, like this dude killed several cops. Yeah, he killed like, your friend. You might respect him. Yeah, you're like, this guy's thief, good. But, like, he's not a good person. He's not a good... Yeah, he's a... He's a criminal. Right. Yeah. But, like, again, I guess that may go back to, like... That of guy's a uh, lunatic, you know? In his own right. Right? So, anyway, 
Wayne Grove, dead. Um, De Niro makes his way out of the hotel. He's got his girl in the car. And as he's coming out, Pacino is showing up. Yep. And De Niro sees Pacino. Pacino sees him. There's a little bit of a fracas or whatever yeah. ruckus. And well, they, he pulls the fire alarm. Yeah, he, he pulled the fire alarm and like everyone's like clearing out. Yeah. The fire trucks are coming. De, Pacino sees him. A fire truck goes by him. De Niro sees him. His girl like gets out of the car and is like, what's up? And he just looks at her, looks at Pacino, and he says, and he walks away. Yep. He walks away, which phenomenal. Yep. Phenomenal. There's the heat coming around the corner. He never gave up on his morals, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. Like, should he have been at that hotel? Absolutely not. No, he could He could have let that go. He couldn't, though. He couldn't. That's the guy he is. He couldn't let that go. Just like he couldn't let that um, insurance guy go for yep. fucking over. So, like, does he know better? Yes. Will he do better? No. no. When Pacino sees him and his girl, and like, that's the whole thing. Like, the movie should be riding off in the sunset with my woman, and I, I did everything I needed to do. I retired rich as fuck, and this, this girl who's willing to deal with my insanity. Yeah. Even though she knows I'm like a... That accepts that I'm a murderer. Basically, you know what I mean? And then he looks at her and he says, see you. Yeah. And he walks away. I love that. I yeah. love that he stuck to his guns. Yeah. It, it, integrity. Integrity, despite you being an insane yeah. murderer. Goes to like the LA whatever airport or whatever. He's going to make his way out. At that point, Pacino's chasing him, and it's actually a pretty, this is a really good scene, too, like, them running through the, the, the uh, airfield, the airfield, just kind of shooting at each other. As the plane goes by, De Niro goes to shoot Pacino. Pacino gets a beat on him because the airplane creates a shadow. Yeah. So he can see where De Niro is. Pacino puts him down. Yep. And De Niro, again... In the scene where you can be like, oh, yeah, the good guy wins. Zero says, I told you I wasn't going back. Yep. Come on, man. Come on, man. This is fucking film. This is yeah. filmmaking, bro. De Niro <coughs> dying. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. Did everything, quote, unquote, wrong right there. But he got his revenge. Yep. Yeah, he lost his girl. But guess what? He didn't go back in. But he got a girl. He got a girl. And arguably, his life was probably going better than Pacino's. Yeah, arguably. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't really talk about this, but Natalie Portman tried to kill herself mm -hmm. as a daughter or whatever. And like, well, we did talk about it. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, but then, he, yeah, he's also not really getting back together with his wife. No, that's over. That's yeah. pretty much over. And um, he's yeah. got his TV. Yeah, he's got his TV. Now, now he doesn't hug this guy and say, "You were free as a bird." You were free kinda as a bird. Like, they like, kind of like dap each other up. It's like, oh, you know, he holds his hand. Yeah, and he's like, like, "I told you I wasn't going back." And he dies. He's like, well, I was going to wait here with the cop until the ambulance got here, but all right. De Niro dies? Mm -hmm. And then heat. Heat. Yeah. Heat. So, going back to all this, right, L.A. Takedown and Heat are more or less the same script. Yes. More or less. There's more built-out heat. That's why heat is two hours and 50 minutes. Yep. That's why L.A. Takedown is like an hour and a half. Yeah, hour 33, I think it is. 
L.A. Takedown was originally going to be a TV script, just like Miami Vice or like Crime Story, whatever yeah. the fuck. And Michael Mann was, in the 80s, the king of these serialized, like, crime stories, but like about cops that are basically criminals. Yeah. You know, and I think he does that really well. It's a shame that L.A. Takedown didn't really land, but fuck that. It's not that. a shame, it sticks. I know, but like, would you rather have a pseudo Miami Vice that went nowhere? Would you rather get heat? Oh, I'd rather get heat. Of course you'd rather yeah. get heat. Heat is taking a competent script and showing what could happen if you had a budget and good actors. Yeah. And I think, I honestly think, though, he got the the budget because he had he got De Niro and Pacino on board. Oh, I don't uh, think... Absolutely. I don't think if the, if they're not on board, that movie never gets made. That remake never I, gets made. I think that, like, I want to give respect to Scott Plank and Alex MacArthur. No. I, I, I think that they, you know... No. There are scenes. No. There are scenes. No. You're right. But there, there are moments where... It feels okay. No. Watching the movie. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it is there atrocious. There are moments. It's atrocious. What are you talking about? It's, it's like, you brought me down here for this. That's the discipline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a flip side to that coin. Okay, you're right. And that was the scene I was going to say was kind of okay. Oh, yeah, it's right? awful. And then you, it's almost... Verbatim the same lines that De Niro oh, and Pacino are, are doing. The wives and girlfriends are terrible too. Oh yeah, They're, oh, everybody, everybody, everybody stinks. It's oh yeah with the oh it's really bad. it stinks. It's really bad. Um, and oh it's so, really bad. So typically we kind of jump the gun here, but like uh, then should should this remake yes. exist? Yes, hundred okay. percent. And they and they should remake. They should have this remade. They, it should be remade, and then they should remake. They should retitle the original. They should change it from heat and hot garbage. <laughs> so, because it stinks. Also, we didn't even talk about Michael Rooker. And no, can we, we talk didn't. about this fact? What kind of cop is Vincent Hanna? Michael Rooker. What is he? See. That's that is hilarious, right? Is he a homicide detective? Is that, he a that's a great point because, like, when you watch all the like the uh, the media for this, they're like a different type of cop, like a uh, he's like a lieutenant, I think. Yeah, he's a. I think he's a sergeant. I don't know. I think he's a sergeant. I, I don't fucking know. He's a sergeant, but it's like of what? Like, what is he a sergeant? Like, if like if you, if a cop. The cop that walks a beat and finds a body, he calls a homicide detective to go look at it. A cop that investigates a fucking uh, bank robbery, if a homicide detective comes up, like across a bank robbery, he calls another division. And it's, it's not sure. the same cop. And he's covered all bases here. Sure. And all of them just so happen to be tied together. Like, oh, it was ridiculous. Oh, it, let me tell it's... They don't. I don't think anyone ever explains this to me. But he just so happens to be there. It's like, well, I gotta be on the street. And then why would he be the guy dealing with a junkie who killed a baby? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And or whatever. Who? Whatever the fuck he's gotta deal with. It's. It makes no sense. It's like, I. What kind of cop are you? Like, he's not a vice cop. He's not a 
homicide detective. He's not a bank robber cop. Like, all of this stuff, he's just a generic cop. And he doesn't report to anyone, by the way. No. He, throughout either movie. Which, which is my beef. Everyone reports to him, and he's a sergeant. That's high up, but it's not that high up. That That's my beef right there, like... He's got the impunity to do whatever he wants. Yes. And he's terrible at it. Yes. Where, he, like... All he's using fucking police helicopters to go, like, get a car to pull over McCluskey. It, it, like, I think, um... I think that that's really my beef with, especially the bank robber scene in the original film, right? Is that, like... Yeah, now he's a SWAT guy? What the fuck is he doing? He's everything. Right, right. Like, no, sorry. My beef with the, him in the remake, actually, is that he just he just does shit. I just do things. I'm it, a dog chasing cars. Like, when they get the tip and he's like, let's go! Yeah. And he pulls, like, 20 cops out, and, like, eight people don't go home. Yeah. That's and a, people don't go. That's a and failure. Then, and he like to go to track down Robert De Niro. He hijacks a fucking helicopter, and he's like, "Let's go." It's like, why do you get to run the helicopter? What are you, the cat? Do you own the police force? Yeah, do you own the do you own the helicopter? What's going on? How do you have the jurisdiction for any of this? In both films, they like act like these guys just can do whatever they want. Yeah, they they come across. There's no boss. He has no boss. Yep. He has no warrants or anything. Nope. No, Under no suspicion, he investigates nope. them based on a snit, a snitch of saying the word slick and or sport. Also, That's it. That's all he has. Also, it's very easy to miss this. He's a former marine. Former marine, yes. It does that matter? No. No. But he he is. He is. I, maybe maybe with the shooting. The shooting. The shoot like when he kills Tom Sy. That, that's pretty. Easy. Okay. So he's he's trained to shoot. That would explain his marksmanship. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, sure, it's a good, but you should he should have some. I think he, that's a good character building thing. But his wife, his knows, wife knows he's fucking up. Yeah. The police force doesn't like that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That's like, what are you point. doing, man? Like, you have these informants, and, and it's all it's all so so paper thin. Yeah, that that borderline is. harassment. Just so happens to be right. None of this would ever hold up in court, by the way. Yeah, we got uh, uh whatever. Yeah, and, but and like there are plenty holes in plenty. Sure, sure, but plenty like plenty holes in the story. What what works, and that's why Heat is ultimately a better film, is that bank robbing scene. Oh yeah, it's so strong. It is so good, and that scene, the diner scene. That, that seems really good. That you get the, these two actors of a generation yeah. that people have had, who's better, De Niro, Pacino, and they're finally together in one scene talking to each other. That was a huge thing. People don't remember well, that. Well, the answer in this film is De Niro. Yeah. In this. At this particular time. In this and, moment in time. Yeah, because he, like I said, if you I want a true Westness. Kind of bodies this shit. Yeah, he does. He's great. I got three dead bodies on a sidewalk off Venice Boulevard, Justine. I'm sorry if the goddamn chicken got overcooked. <laughs> what? Why did she stop cooking the chicken? What, what chicken? What is this? <laughs> what does that have to do with the fucking chicken? He's chewing up so much scenery. I was having 
coffee with Macaulay a half an hour ago. Ah, oh, don't waste my motherfucking time. And so, uh, yeah, he's he's taking bites out of that fucking seafood. But slick, slick. Well, you're killed. Get killed walking your doggy. Oh, doggy. Yeah, yeah. It's until I, the fact that that's supposed to be him, like, kind of interacting with, like, and black people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you get killed walking your doggy. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really rough. Yeah. And, yeah, so that was Heat. Yeah, so I, I will say this. It's bad. That, um, Heat, obviously. Oh, by far. Exist. Yeah, Heat um, should. Uh, the fucking hot garbage should yeah. not. I think that for the audience, like, what we didn't get into enough was that the director and the writer, the same director and the writer, yeah. right? Like, Michael Mann had the script. He wrote it in 79 or something like that. Because yes. he interacted with this cop and he said, yo, isn't that crazy that this cop I know ended up killing a guy that he knew, that he met randomly for coffee. And, like, he took that moment and wrote a script. The first time he wrote it, I think he wrote it for TV. Didn't quite work out, and that's why the movie's so bad. Because he took a, a TV script and was like, I'm going to make this a movie. P.U. Yuck. Right? Whew. Right? Like, you can't, there's not enough fucking um, Phil Collins songs to make oh. Michael Collins. You Can know, we talk movie. about the fucking Michael, the soundtrack for this? There are two awful covers. Okay. There's a Sympathy for the Devil cover in. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Takedown, and then a Doors cover. It, they are so bad, bad that it's like... And then yeah. the guitar, when he kicks the guy out the window, it's like... Wow, wow! Yeah. Yeah. Wah, wah. That scene... Like, almost like Lethal Weapon, but bootleg Lethal Weapon. That scene stinks. It, oh, like, again, whole, going back to the L.A. Takedown, in that moment, right? You're... He's not your friend. I know you yeah. guys had coffee. And the mutual respect for each other's, like, occupation. He killed, like, three of your friends. Yeah, he killed... Whether, like, directly or not, it doesn't matter. But, like, you were the godfather of one of those guys' right. kids. But like, for you to hold this guy and be like, oh my god... You, you were free as a bird. Out. It doesn't make sense because he murdered... It him. is so unearned. Yeah. Yeah. It is unearned. But yeah. he earns a lot of its uh, moments. Yeah. I think he builds out a lot of things that... You know, make that script feel more complete and strong because it is actually a very strong script. Yeah, it just needed the right acting and the right budget. However, two hours and fifty minutes is insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. You it doesn't have a lot of that movie. feel that bad when you're watching it, but it is bad. Yeah, and I, I know, just need to make that. It's note. just it's just unnecessary. There's a lot of unnecessary. Twenty stuff. minutes. Take twenty minutes off. Easy. And I won't even say things like this. Yeah. But um. They're seeing, especially towards the middle, and especially towards the uh, the driver, the yeah. Allstate guy. I'm like, why am I yeah. watching him and his girl? Like, yeah. there's too much, too many scenes of guys and their girls that don't matter. Yeah, it don't matter at all. And I don't want to put Valkyrie in that category because yeah. that was actually pretty strong. But yeah. um, yeah, no, Heat should exist. I'm glad that Michael Mann, as a director and a writer, got a a a um a redo. Yes, a redo, a uh, fucking, let me try this again, that doesn't happen often in Hollywood, and they nailed it. Yes. And that was pretty fucking cool. Yes. So, he 
absolutely should exist. LA Takedown probably shouldn't. Should. But if you want to watch it, it's free on YouTube. If yes. you want to see the origin of Heat, but like it's free, but it will cost you. It will cost you. It's My not, recommendation, unless I would honestly recommend just watching the last five seven minutes of the movie to watch him kick this guy out the window. It's so, yeah, it's so funny. Nice. It was so it, nice. but it's supposed to be like a dramatic. It's so fucking funny. Just ah. it's fucking bad. But like even when um when the De Niro equivalent gets shot, the lift that his body flies back. Oh, it's ridiculous. It, it starts getting real Whoa. it starts getting real goofy. Oh, it's good. It's As hilarious. Real it's goofy. really bad. But um Yeah. Watch watch the LA takedown bank robbery scene, which isn't terrible. It's not terrible. But then watch what he does with the exact same scene. Yeah. And it is night and day. Night and day. Night and day. So yeah, Heat Heat better movie. Much better. I'm glad we watched it. I'm Me glad too. That we could talk about it because like I think I don't know. We've often quoted that film. Oh. And now that we know like how it Not started. Pacino. Not Pacino. She had a great. She, she had a. Yeah. It's good yes. shit. Yes. So, Dan, what are we doing next time? I think we should do uh, a little movie uh, written by Twilight Zone creator okay. Rod Serling. <laughs> And then recreated with uh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Planet of the Apes. Ooh. Planet of the Apes. Oh, my God. I was wrong. <laughs> well, you finally <laughs> made a monkey out of me. <laughs> Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So, I'm Reggie Parker. I'm Dan Farley. You can find me at, uh, on Instagram at danfarley18. You can find me on Instagram at RP Comedy. There's also uh, an Instagram page for this channel called at Retroversive Remake, which I'm going to get all caught up to speed. I've yes. been lying about that for 10 years, and now I'm actually going to do it. And leave a comment if there's any movies you specifically yeah. want to see. That'd yeah. be great. Are we wrong about LA Takedown? Feel free no. to tell us. No. If do you, think you love Heat? Feel free. If you think LA Takedown's a better movie than Heat, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, you, you might not be our No, that's, you fucking stink. You, you might not be stinks. And I might write Jeff Foxworthy jokes about you. Yes. Um, no, that's great. Dude, All right. Planet of the Apes, that's awesome. Planet of the Apes. Uh, yeah, so that's the next episode. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Have a great night. Great day, whatever. Yeah. She had a great ass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good shit, man. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Reggie Parker from Retro vs. Remake. Uh, just letting you know that the next episode is actually going to be the film It. We're going to go out of sequence so that you get a Halloween episode. So uh, enjoy It in about a week.